I didn't think there'd be vampires on campus. We must have been at about 40,000 feet when it happened. <gasps> what was that? You are the Slayer. One girl in all the world. Did anybody say that? Yeah. Guess what? I feel better. Guys, where are we? Hi, Pat. Hey, Sammy Joe. <laughs> come, 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 chameleon. What's that you for? You come and go. You're Sammy Joe. That's my new theme <laughs> that... song. <laughs> cool. Ne- next week, you should write one for me, too, so I can have one. I feel left oh, yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, well, what was I just singing to you earlier? I don't know. Oh, I was you singing. You sing so Fogus. much to me that I, I start to, to start <laughs> I to phase them out. I do sing so much to you. <laughs> you do. What a what a good friend I am. Such a good friend. So musical. <laughs> and you know what? Today is a great day to be musical. You know why? Why? Today's a special episode of Kicking and Streaming. There's no music in it. No, there isn't. Not yet. There's going to be a whole lot though. I can already tell because it's the big two O, Sammy Joe. Oh. I was yeah. like, did I did I watch the wrong Lost episode? <laughs> is there a Lost musical episode? You I know what? Every excited. Lost episode is pretty special. So, mm. I mean, that could really throw you off asking if today is a special episode. Because it feels yeah. like every episode's special when we're watching Lost. Oh, yeah. But it feels like every day is special when we're recording. <laughs> but speaking of which, next week is a little less special on my side because... um, It is very special on my side. <laughs> it's doubly special for your side. Doubly. And and do you want to tell the listeners or do you want to keep it a secret? Yeah. Uh, it is going to... Next week is going to be a double Buffy, no lost episode. Woo! So double the next Buffy. episode of Buffy is a two-pata. Two-pata. And because we have 23 more Buffy episodes than Lost, mm-hmm. we're going to have to sometimes double up on Buffy episodes and, you know, do Buffy-only episodes. Much to my so, chagrin. Oh, I think you'll like this one. You think I will? This Tupata? I think you will. Yeah, I think you're going to like this Tupata. Okay. That means there's going to be a bit of Oz. Tupata and Pata. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tupata. And Pata comes back in the Tupata. <laughs> no, she doesn't. There's no, no way. She doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's, wh- she's gone into the ether, like you always say. <laughs> gone into the ether. Squashed. <laughs> gone with the wind. Gone with the wind. Bye-bye. Storyline. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so double yeah. Buffy next double episode. Buffy. For those who aren't into the lost section of this podcast, well, you'll be delighted because it's double the fun of what you love. But those of you who love the lost portion, I'm so Hi, sad. Dad. You're just going to have to take a week off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Skip a week, Dad. Yeah. So, great. So, what? other than it being the big 20 episode today, what else is there to talk about? Um, I got a Letterboxd account. Oh, welcome to the Letterboxd family. Yeah, being on Letterboxd is kind of the best. I thought that I could add you as a friend, but I can only follow you. Uh, yeah, but it's like the same thing. Yeah, but like, if you don't follow me back, then it's like we're not friends. Yeah, I'll follow you back. Don't worry about that. All right. Yeah, it's in the mail. Don't worry about that. What? (laughs) It's in the mail. It's coming. (laughs) Checks in the mail. (laughs) 
I think it's good. It's been helping me keep track of what I'm watching so that I can tell you on this podcast, which I feel like is what you've been doing. That's what I've been doing. And that's a that's a I feel like every me. time we, we get to that section of this podcast, you're like, okay, hold on a second. And you do something <laughs> on your computer. And I'm like, yeah. oh, he's pulling up Letterboxd. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. And it's partially because, as I've mentioned before on this podcast, my memory ain't so good these days. There's a yeah. lot of cobwebs up in this head. You know, as you get older, you'll start to understand Sammy Joe. <laughs> You're like two years older than me. I know. It's just a fun thing I like to do. I act like you're much younger than me. You old whippersnapper, you? I, I do look much younger than you. This is like what? a very what high school. What the hell does that mean? I just mean. You're saying I look like an old man? Hold on. Let me get my cane and shake it at you. Get off my lawn. My hair is like hair that I had in high school. I got little kind of like Princess Leia buns oh, going Oh, yeah, you on. do. I should have noticed that and called it And I'm it wearing out. my rainbow sweatshirt. Dave was like, you look so young with your, I got a choker on. <laughs> what are you trying to flash back to the 90s? You already got yeah, this podcast. Yeah, I think I'm just, you know, getting yeah. nostalgic. Right. Yeah. You watch these 90s <laughs> Some of the shows. movies I watched too. Right. This, and your this movies. Past week. Right. Just living in the 90s. I mean, living if you're going to live in any decade, it's got to be the 90s, right? Well, I would choose the 80s. As I've mentioned before, I'm not a big fan of the style, and you are. I am. Bright colors all day. All day. I am a big (laughs) fan of the movies, though. Obviously, like Back to the Future, then there's like... Yeah, you could have seen those in theaters. Imagine going to see those in theaters. Although I did see Back to the Future in theaters while I was in my mother's womb. Oh, that's weird. Isn't it weird? Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of when I brought a Furby to the movie theaters what how is what am i the furby in this scenario (laughs) (laughs) and i think it was i was seeing the prince of egypt i don't know why with a furby but and i don't know why i had the furby there i did i thought it was asleep it was in my bag and when moses parts the red sea the furby (laughs) (laughs) wake woke up and was like whoa (laughs) this is ridiculous (laughs) it is real life pat this really happened (laughs) you can't bring a furby to the movie theaters in a backpack or not asleep (laughs) unbelievable (laughs) what movie was it it was uh uh the i just Ten said it and i forgot no um prince of egypt prince of egypt <laughs> <laughs> okay wow wow uh, <laughs> did you ever have a furby my no, little sister had a furby not. yeah yeah <laughs> uh hilarious and we we ended up just throwing the furby in the closet because it was so annoying yeah. And then we found out that it was not really a learning toy. It was just on mm-hmm. a timer or something because you throw it in a closet for about two to three weeks and it comes out speaking perfect English. <laughs> it's I like, did not know that. Either you have stellar hearing, Furby, or, you know, this thing's on a self-timer and it's just going to time itself into being <laughs> programmed like, to speak It's like English. a parrot. It starts to learn the things that you say around the house. Like, I'm going to kill you, Pat. <laughs> well, that's what they were unsure of. Remember the pen? Pentagon wouldn't allow Furbies into the Pentagon because they thought it was going to steal secrets. Yeah, this was real. I do not remember that. That's hilarious. They thought they were like a security threat. (laughs) Like it was actual AI coming in and listening to our conversation is going to pick things up. Oh my God. Yeah. So funny. Turns out it wasn't that, uh, that advanced. Yeah, Letterboxd is a great app for all of you who are movie lovers or even watch movies. You should download Letterboxd. 
and then you can uh, you can rate your movies that you see. Just keep a log of them. Um, I used to write more in-depth reviews about the movies that I would watch, and that was fun until it wasn't. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to have to write I... an essay about everything I watch. I put like four movies in my recently watched, which yeah. I will tell you at the end of this podcast. Yeah. But only one of them did I write anything about. Because right. like the other ones are like, what are you going to write about this? You know? Yeah. And you don't get a lot back from your long reviews. You get more back from your short ones because I think people's attention spans when they actually read them. Yeah. Like if you put like a, a like a like a funny one liner, I mean like best part was when this person got bonked on the head and they're like yeah i like that and you'll get more likes than like if you actually write in oh, a long i'm not using review. this for likes <laughs> i'm using it because i like the idea of like keeping track of what i've seen yeah and what i like and also getting like seeing what other like i i like looking at what you have watched although what's funny about us is that like there are some things that you and i will 100 percent agree on like quentin tarantino pretty much anything except i'm not a huge pulp fiction fan which is crazy like then you know you like all the james bond movies yeah and so you'll rate those really highly and i would not like them <laughs> no so <laughs> but it's always it's you know it's going to be interesting to see like what you're watching because i this was like i mean this was part of what led to this podcast is like yeah. us just always recommending stuff to each other yep yeah and, and i like I like that when I log on, like I can see other what other people are watching and like what's just sort of like trending too. I yeah. already put something on my watch list that I'd never heard of before, but yeah. looked like really interesting. So yeah, it's fun. Whenever I watch a movie, I like to click on it and see other people's reviews just to see what mm -hmm. what everybody's thinking about. And a lot of times, I think, boy, I'm way off the mark on this. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> like I have a different view of about movies than a lot of others. So. You're so unique. I'm so unique is what I'm trying to say. So unique. I'm just like just one like, of a kind. Diamond in the defined. rough. You just can't lock you're me not, down. You're not like Any Xander. sort of classification. You're not like anyone in Buffy. No, just completely <laughs> unique. That's what I'm trying to oh, say here. Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> like, All right. Let's move on now. <laughs> All right. Shall we get into our shows? Yeah, let's talk about Buffy. All right. All right. For this episode of our podcast, we watched Buffy Season 2, Episode 8, The Dark Age. The original air date was November 10th, 1997. It was written by Dean Batali and Rob Deshotel and directed by Bruce Seth Green. Is Dean Batali like a chef? <laughs> That's Mario Batali, I ah, think. Ah, <laughs> his brother. <laughs> yeah, this is his brother. <laughs> Okay. He, uh, you know, he didn't, he just didn't pick up the cooking skills. So right. he just, you know, was writing instead. Started writing shows. Yeah. Um, all right. So some of your predictions what, for a last, from last episode were, we better get some Oz in the next episode. You said, I got Oz fever and the only <laughs> cure is more Oz. <laughs> I love actually transcribing what you write because it's yeah. so funny. <laughs> Uh, and you said Buffy is going to keep cycling through the men. Obviously. She's going to get more boy toys who will keep filtering <laughs> in and out. And we will have a rotating door of boys. Yeah. Just keep that thing a spinning. Here they come. In and out. Here they come. Boys and, and boys. Speaking of doors, you said door with eye slot. Yeah. I hope that comes back. Right. 
now that they've cleaned out, you know, the vampire wannabe cult. It's up for lease. Lease renewal. Yeah, you're like, this is a nice hideout. This is what the Scooby gang, they should like rent out the space for a crime club hideout. He said they need something better than the boring library because enough has happened at the school that they're an easy target. Imagine if they had a vamp mobile. Oh, yeah. How cool would that be? Like Like they just jump out with stakes. Well, they got like stake guns on the side, like Gatling guns that shoot stakes. That wouldn't be very inconspicuous, though. That's okay. They're usually at night. It's just mm-hmm. like it would pop out of the side of the sliding door, you know. It'd be inconspicuous in the moment, but then when I'm just, vamps attack. I'm just imagining like like a Chitty Chitty Bang Bang kind of thing where it's like a normal van, but then when there's vampires, like you press a button and all of a sudden it's the stakeout van. <laughs> That's pretty good. Stakeout. I was thinking I was going to go on what you said before and just call it Stakey Stakey Bang Bang. <laughs> <laughs> Stinky, stinky, bang, bang. <laughs> I mean, if I um, were on the Scooby gang, this, these are the ideas that I'd be bringing to the table. Yeah. So anyway, um, you thought that they should get a real hideout with a big metal door and an eye slot. Must um, have the eye slot. And that they'll call one of the contractors from Long Island to fix the door. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't only open from the outside. <laughs> you want a door, no problem. Um, but you also said, like, I don't think they'll actually do this, but no. this is what I would do. Yeah. Two episodes ago, um, in our episode 18, Buffy episode 6, Halloween, your prediction was that we won't find out about Giles's past for a while. Eh, it didn't take long, maybe, did it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you said that maybe Ethan and Giles were college buddies and they called Giles Ripper because he used to rip beers. <laughs> and at the beginning of this episode, I was like, I might be right about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you also said that that's probably not what it is and you weren't really making a, ready to make a prediction. Yeah. You also said that you were hoping more happens between Angel and Spike and that there ends up being more for Angel to do, that Angel will get in some kind of predicament where Buffy has to emotionally get involved and save Angel from his demise. So kind of a little bit of that comes into play here. He's been showing up a lot more lately. Yeah. He's like, don't forget about me. I'm a day player on this show now, remember? Well, night player, but day player. player. You know what I mean? So those are the ones that you made last episode and some other ones that i thought were kind of relevant okay all right so this episode opens at night a man holding a briefcase is wandering around sunnydale high frantically searching for giles ah not just any briefcase this looks like one of those attache cases what attache case yeah remember from lost whatever the case may be <laughs> it looks like oh, one, this of those. Is one of those fancy ones yeah it's like a shiny like one of those shiny silver cases yeah maybe yeah maybe it was yeah i i truthfully did not give too much attention to the briefcase <laughs> these are the these are the little details that i pick up <laughs> um so the man asks the janitor who points him in the right direction and gets no thanks for it and i love this janitor best <laughs> casting for a janitor <laughs> Like, I thought he was a real janitor. He probably was yeah. a real janitor. The guy's Maybe. got the look. He's got the attitude. He's just emptying the trash. Yeah. Gives some directions. No thanks. Yeah, and he's like, you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the guy walks off and hears a zombie-like moan. He turns around and sees a zombified version of a woman that he recognizes as Deirdre, who he appears to know. 
Mm. Um, He starts banging on a door, and then we cut to inside the library where Buffy is doing step aerobics to very loud 90s, like, electronic music. Electronic dance music? Which is, like, killing Giles. (laughs) And I totally remember doing step aerobics in gym class. Yeah, that's right. We had steps, too. We had, like, a whole stack of them. I mean, I legit did buy a step. You bought a step? Afterwards. Yeah. I don't, I can't imagine that I would have bought one when I was in high school, but maybe. I forget the comedian who had a bit about steps, but basically the bit was, you get so excited to buy your aerobic step that you call the line, you order the step, and you wait for weeks for it to come in, and then finally you hear ding dong, and then you run down your steps to pick up your step. <laughs> I know it's it's kind of silly, but I was like, I was like, oh man, I'm into this. Like that's my kind of workout. <laughs> right, go up a step, go down a step, go up a step. <laughs> I mean, she was also like doing some crazy like high kicks. Some you kicks. know, I can't do that stuff. I'd fall yeah. off the step and break my neck. Right. Giles tells Buffy that this is not music, and then he says, "Wonderful, you work on your muscle tone while my brain dribbles out of my ears." <laughs> Uh, And then back outside, the guy is banging on the door, um, and we see that it's labeled classroom building slash library. And then the zombie lady chokes him. And then back inside, Buffy stops her exercising, turns off the music, and a relieved Giles says, ah, very good. And the rest is silence. When this guy gets choked, he puts up no fight. He just is yeah. just like, oh, I guess I'm going to die now. <laughs> just kind of gives in. <laughs> yeah. He's, and I, can, I mean, I can understand that. I think a certain number of people would freeze in fear. Yeah. You know? Definitely. Not it's me, a zombie, though. It's a zombie lady. So, Not me. Know, I'd be fighting. Frightened. I'd yeah. do some chops. I'd be like, cry chop right in the neck, you know? Yeah. Hacha. Yeah. And she'd be like, Judo Ooh. chop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'd be doing. <laughs> Um, so then we see the zombie lady fall to the ground beside the guy that she choked and she disintegrates into slime. That kind of reminds me of Alex Mack. Oh, I remember that show. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, in the secret world of Alex Mack, she is like able to dissolve into like a puddle of water and then like travel as that water. Right. Go underneath doorways and such. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is totally like Alex Mack. Yeah. I just called it a pool of drool. Oh, drool pool? Drool pool. (laughs) (laughs) Drool. Uh, And I call it a slime puddle. (laughs) So the slime puddle spreads and reaches the choked guy. And then we cut to the intro music. Mm-hmm. Then back from the intro, we get a weird dream sequence. We see flashes of young punk guys performing some kind of ritual. There's some flames. Someone's being tattooed. One of the guys says, time to go to sleep. And then we <laughs> ah! see... <laughs> and the, Yeah, there's like screaming. Yeah. And then we see a demon. And then Giles wakes up from this nightmare. Right. Almost as if it's like part of his past in some way. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if it actually was? <laughs> <laughs> then at Sunnydale High, Buffy and Willow are playing anywhere but here. And I got to say, I'm with Willow on this one. I will take John Cusack over Gavin Rossdale. Who's Gavin Rossdale? I knew you were going to ask me that question because he is a music guy and you don't get <laughs> and I music. Don't, I don't <laughs> listen to the tunes that you all kids listen to. <laughs> So Gavin Rossdale, um, he was in a couple of bands and did some solo stuff, but mostly he was known for being in Bush, um, which was very popular 
at this time. And he was um, dating Gwen Stefani and they later got married and then got divorced. Ah, hmm. so that's bananas. That's <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, either both are total babes, though. <laughs> you just called both guys babes. Yes, I did. <laughs> Call back. That's for you. Uh, so then Xander shows up and Wait, says, hold on. <laughs> we have to go back to that scene real quick because my okay. favorite part of the scene oh, is boy. because they're both, uh, is, is it dreams that they're talking about or is it fantasies? They're playing anywhere but here. So oh, they're, anywhere but I don't yeah. Know what so it's that like is. a fantasy of like <laughs> oh, fantasy. where where would you rather be than here? And you make up like a place, you know, if, like a person is there, that kind of thing. It's pretty loose, but yeah. So Buffy uh, compliments Willow's fantasy, yes. and she's like, "It's because of the details, right?" And she goes, "Cause of the ZD." Cause of the ZD. <laughs> yeah, because she was in. She was in Italy, Italy in, yeah, a in a restaurant eating ziti, and they ran out of tables, <laughs> and they had to sit John Cusack with her. Yeah, because of the ziti, and the way she delivers <laughs> a line is funny. <laughs> <laughs> so then Xander shows up, and he says, Amy Yip at the water slide park. I had to look up Amy Yip. Did yeah, you know who Amy that? Yip was? Nope. Nip. <laughs> so she's a woman named Amy Yip. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you were like, what is that? <laughs> I at least knew that it was a woman. <laughs> okay, well, um, the name Amy is uh, definitely a woman's name to me. <laughs> I married yes, one, as okay? as it is your wife's name. <laughs> yeah. I'm aware of this. So according to Wikipedia, she is an actress who was one of the leading sex symbols of Hong Kong cinema. Ah, in the late 19, 1980s and early 90s, she was known for her slender figure and her large bosom. Oh. That is a quote from Wikipedia. I am not commenting on the size of her bosom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just want to make that clear. All right. <laughs> Although, really, any bosom is larger than mine, so, okay, frankly. Okay, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but the first photo, I like, you know, I Googled her, and the first photo that comes up of her is a movie poster of her licking a man's toe. And I was like, oh, oh. Amy Yip, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what, you know. Hey, you can't made. judge. Maybe that was her idea. Maybe. But it was just sad that that was the first photo that came up, you know. Hmm. I don't know. It would have been nice to see something else, I guess. Yeah. I hope that when my career is over <laughs> that that's not your first that that's google not search the first yeah <laughs> that's not the first thing that comes up i mean i haven't filmed anything like that yet but you never know <laughs> yeah you never know <laughs> where i'm gonna be open. 10 20 years from now <laughs> what oh, kind of boy. dive my life will take <laughs> anyway uh willow sees giles approaching and wonders aloud if he ever played anywhere but here and Xander says, Giles lived for school. He's actually still bitter that there are only 12 grades. He probably sat in math math class thinking, there should be more math. This could be mathier. <laughs> but Willow isn't convinced. She says, come on, you don't think he ever got restless as a kid? Buffy says, are you kidding? His diapers were tweed. <sighs> so then she calls to get his attention and asks if he's wearing tweed, which of course he is. <laughs> yeah, a lot of tweed talk in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Giles tells her that a medical transport is delivering a monthly supply of blood to the hospital, uh, to which she replies, mm, vampire meals on wheels. So you see the early vamp grub hub. 
Ah, yes. Meals on Wheels. I actually did Meals a video for Meals on Wheels once. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I did a little documentary. Rode around with a driver for a day. Cool. Yeah, it was a good time. Giles tells Buffy to meet him at the hospital at 8.30. And Miss Calendar, who I think we can officially just call Jenny now. Jenny. So I'm going to do that. <laughs> I knew that. I was like, the only problem is Jenny. <laughs> Every time you say Jenny, I'm going to see say Jenny. Damn I just it. can't. I can't. It's an affliction of mine. I know. I know. I get it. It's my. I feel the same way. Yeah. So she greets Giles by saying, morning, England. And then she asks Willow if they're still on for tomorrow, where they will be reviewing some computer basics for the couple of students who've fallen behind, and Willow's helping out for extra credit. Xander says, those poor schlubs have to attend school on Saturday. And, and then she says, 9 a.m. okay with you, Xander? Um, so why is he smile- giving to this? Huh? <laughs> why is he giving to this? I'd be like, no, I'm not coming in. Well, I mean, if he could fail otherwise. Oh, really? You know? She's I mean, holding that's it over what his it head. Sounds like. Oh, okay. Ooh. She's she's saying that. Jenna. She's doing it for the couple of students who have fallen behind. If you want so. to get an A for Jenna. Oh boy. Anyway, Sanders' smile fades, and Buffy says, "Got a bit of schlub of a, on your shoe there." <laughs> you didn't like that part. That's fine. Okay, I thought it was funny. <laughs> Jenny tells Jenny. him that Cordelia will also be there, and Xander says, a bonus day of class plus Cordelia. Mix in a little rectal surgery, and it's my best day ever. <laughs> <laughs> then Jenny and Giles walk away, Buffy, Willow, and Xander observing how cute they are. And Jenny thanks Giles for loaning her a book, then kind of messes with him about how she dog-eared, underlined, and spilled coffee all over the book, causing him to panic. <laughs> this and then is funny. She, <laughs> she tells him to relax and hands him the book, saying, I just love to see you squirm. Yeah, he just keeps repeating what she's saying. He's like, dog-eared, underlined. <laughs> like he's it's very... The first, it's the first edition. <laughs> it's the first edition. He's yeah, very... He's this would be like if somebody flummoxed. borrowed one of my Blu-rays. I was like, yeah, I used it for a coaster for my yeah. coffee. And then I threw it around like a frisbee. And then I flipped <laughs> it like a quarter. Got stuck on the roof. Got stuck on the roof. I drove over it for good measure. <laughs> I'd be like, ah, ah, they don't make that <laughs> anymore. It's out of print. So, yeah. So she just, she says that she likes to see him squirm. And then she said, did anyone ever tell you you're kind of a fuddy-duddy? And Giles says, nobody ever seems to tell me anything else. Jenny says, did anyone ever tell you you're kind of a sexy fuddy-duddy? Yeah. And he goes, well, no, actually, that part usually gets left out. <laughs> and again, me as an audience member, I was like, Jenny, you got to calm down. You're in a school. <laughs> you're in a school. You got you to gotta dial it back here. But Meanwhile, she goes Dave and I are both like, fuck yeah, Jenny. <laughs> you own that shit. <laughs> I'm like, there's a so, time and place, Miss Calendar. Jenny tells him that she wants to get together this weekend and stay in. Mm. And they kiss briefly, but break it off when the bell rings. They make plans for Saturday. And Jenny says quietly, I'll see if I can make you squirm. Oh, boy. Sounds like Mm. in and out. You know what I'm saying? Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Yikes. Yowza. Hello. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> Margaret Thatcher naked on a cold day. <laughs> That's what he's saying, saying as he's walking away from the scene. Yeah. So now, Giles now on he's cloud not, nine. <laughs> he's thinking about books. That's what he's thinking about. <laughs> 
He likes big books and he cannot <laughs> lie. Yeah, he loves big old books. Uh, so he's on cloud nine when he reaches the library, but there are some police waiting to speak with him. Wonk, wonk. Talk about a buzz kill. Mm-hmm. Talk about a boner kill. <laughs> I knew you were going <laughs> to say that. I just knew it. <laughs> Detective Winslow introduces herself and tells him that there was a homicide on campus last night. The victim had no identification, but he was carrying a slip of paper with Giles's name and address on it. And then an always oblivious Cordelia waltzes in to the library and asks for books on computers, musing, aren't computers supposed to replace books? And then she picks up on the detective being there and asks for help getting rid of a ticket. (laughs) Giles asks Cordelia to come back later and she goes off in a huff. Then we cut to a morgue and the coroner opens a body slidey hole. Sorry, a cadaver drawer. (laughs) Cadaver drawer, freezer, (laughs) fridge, whatever you want to call it. refrigerator. Meat locker. Meat locker. (laughs) Whatever you want to call it is opened. (laughs) and we reveal the guy that was choked, his body is severely bruised. Ah, the corpse of Philip Henry. Excuse me? We don't know that yet. Yeah, don't we? I think we find out right here. Giles identifies the guy as Philip Henry. There we go. See? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now we know it. (laughs) Now we know. It's okay to say it now. All right. A friend of his from London that he hasn't spoken to in 20 years. Hmm. Hmm. Pat, this is the second friend of Giles from his past to mysteriously appear in Sunnydale. Yeah, and they're dropping like flies. Wonder what's going on with that. What? Mm. Ethan Rain didn't drop. Only this guy did. Okay. Something might happen soon, though. You know what? You're a real leaky bucket. (laughs) Detective Winslow asks if Giles can think of any reason Philip would want to contact him, and he says no. Then he notices a tattoo on Philip's arm. When asked about it, he says that he doesn't know what it is, but it does look like the one that we saw briefly in his nightmare. Yeah, I didn't know what it was of either. I just wrote Torch, Snake Rose. Hmm, I could see that. (laughs) I think it's a combination of those three things. Torch, Snake Rose. (laughs) Yeah, and I think if you're like a mega fan of the show, that would be a cool tattoo to get. Like me? Yeah, why don't you get one of those? Like, that's what I should get? You should get one on the nape of your neck, like Buffy did. No, no, I don't want to do that. Mm, I don't know. Um, I also wouldn't get this tattoo because of what it represents. Just like I'm not one of those people who would get a tattoo of the Deathly Hallows symbol, because, like, I don't want to master death. Like, that was Voldemort's whole mission, Okay. not Harry Potter's. Well, let's keep it on Buffy. I think you could get the torch snake rose and then just do like the Ghostbusters thing where it's like the circle and then the line across it. <laughs> just everything that I don't want. So I'll yeah, get, so like, I'll get I, the I, I Deathly Hallows this. and then put a cross Right. I dislike this line. as well. <laughs> yeah. You can start a whole line. Uh, um, yeah. I could do that if I really wanted to. But, you know, I feel like one tattoo is enough for me. Mm, okay. You know? Uh, so anyway, then we cut to Buffy waiting for Giles outside the hospital that night. Um, a van drives up and cute ER doctors take out a cooler. Then Buffy, well, that's what she calls them. Oh, that's what she calls them. Yeah, that's what she calls them. (laughs) Okay. I thought that was just like your own little. (laughs) No, she calls them, she says something about cute ER doctors. 
Gotcha. Then she's like, wait, since when do doctors take deliveries? The van drives off and a convertible pulls in. Pulls in. A vampire gets out and yells at who we now see are vampires dressed as doctors. Yes. Telling them not to sample the product. Buffy fights the vampires, lots of big kicks, then almost accidentally kicks Angel, who has come to help her. They take care of all but one who drives off in the convertible. And then Buffy asks Angel how he knew about this. And Angel's like, it's delivery day. Everybody knows about this. So he was there for the blood? I don't know. Or he was there to protect it. I mean, we know that he has blood in his refrigerator. That's true. So I think he was picking up his delivery. I think he was probably going to kill everyone. And take take, it? Take maybe one of the bloods and then return the rest because he's a or good like a vampire. couple. Because he is a good man. He's a good vampire with a soul. Remember, he's a, the cuddly kind. But he's still going to take vampire. a little sample. A little bit. A little, just, you know, they're not going to notice. Do they need blood to live? Vampires? Or is it just like a, yeah, or is it just like a tasty treat? I don't know. Guess we're going to have to keep watching to find out. <sighs> so many rules. So many things to look into. Yeah. Uh, makes my head hurt. Ow. Oh, I'm sorry. There's not too many things to look into in Lost that don't get explained okay, and touche. people don't even ask questions about. Touche, Sammy Joe. Thank you. Let's move on. Cat. <laughs> Evelyn. Okay, so she Buffy asks him to make sure that the hospital gets the rest and then gives him a look, realizing she's asking a vampire to ignore his urges and not devour the bags of blood that he now has in his possession. Mm. But... You know, he's like, basically is like, yeah, I'll take care of it. Don't worry, girl, I'll take care of it. No, it's like, no problem. It's As like he's taking crunky. out his silly straw, he's yeah. like, yeah, 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 no, 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 yeah, no. Yeah. I got this, I got this. Bye, 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 Time for you to go. Don't you have training to do or homework Don't you or have babysitting giles or Giles about? or something? Just go, go, go. <laughs> Daddy thirsty. Oh, gross. <laughs> That's what he says as soon as she rounds the corner. He pulls out a silly straw. Daddy thirsty. <laughs> no. That no? That just, just kills the sexy vibe of Yeah, well, of Angel's Angel. got like a sexy sweet vibe. And then as soon as he gets alone with his bags of blood, a whole nother <laughs> side comes out. The hangry. Daddy's thirsty. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Thank you for ruining this show. You finally done it. You finally done uh, this it. This is Pat. it, huh? This is the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> oh, you're the worst. The silly straw. It's good okay. Stuff. Good stuff. Okay. Anyway, she tells Angel that she's worried about Giles, and then takes off to Giles's apartment. Mm. And guess what? Giles has in his door. He's he has got an eye a slot? view. He's got an eye slot. <laughs> no, it's just a peephole. No, it's like a little viewport. It's like oh, a little it is? window. Yeah. How did I not see this? I don't know. I'm such a big fan of eye slots. I know. I wrote and in I missed the eye slot. I can't Giles believe this. Door? Oh, yes. I am ashamed of myself. You should be, sir. Shame. Shame. So shamed. Oh my goodness. Well, I apologize. I, you should. I mean, I'm happy to discover that he has an eye slot. Especially Giles, your man. Yeah. Ripper needs an eye slot in his door. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, he has one. Good. So he <laughs> opens it, sees it's Buffy, and then he opens his door, but mm-hmm. stands in it looking disheveled. 
He's very distracted. He clearly forgot about the blood delivery. Yeah. And he just kind of wants to get rid of Buffy. Yeah, he's a little haggard, a little preoccupied. He's got a bit of stubble he's working on. Yeah. Yeah, a little five o'clock shadow. Yeah, more Kinda than like what I had last week. <laughs> <laughs> After a week of growing it. Uh, I feel like his was even even more pronounced okay. than yours. You know what? <laughs> Which, you know, I didn't comment. You've clearly shaved I shaved today. today because I didn't want the shame of seeing my huge long beard. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Had you not up until today? Oh, no. I shaved like twice since then. Oh, okay. Because it just grows so fast, obviously. <laughs> oh, right. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Buffy asks what's wrong. Um, and he just kind of gives her the brush off and closes the door in her face. Mm. She's hurt and confused, but she leaves. And then inside his apartment, Giles is on the phone looking for Deirdre Page. He's told she's passed away recently, and Giles says they were friends when they were young. And then when he hangs up, he takes a big old swig of scotch. Is that what that was? I yeah, I was gonna say scotch, bourbon, or whiskey. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah, let's go with scotch. Yeah, I feel like yeah. Giles is a scotch. He's guy. a scotch man. Yeah. Yeah. I feel I'm like with you. whiskey is too. Whiskey's too like low class. Yeah. Bourbon is like too American. Scotch feels right. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's probably what he was drinking. All right. Um, and then he crosses Deirdre's name off of a list, a handwritten list of five people. And I bet he was like, uh, we can turn the page on her now. Because her name was Deirdre Page. Turn the page. (laughs) Oh, boy. (sighs) Or we can cross her off the page, because that's literally what he does. Okay. Let's move on. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And there are two names already crossed off, including Philip Henry, the body he just ID'd. Right. Then we also see that the names Ethan Rain and Rupert Giles are written as well. Giles rolls up his sleeves and reveals that he has the same tattoo Philip had also on his right arm. He splashes water on his face, looks very intensely into a mirror, and says, So you're back. This is a great movieism. the splashing the water on your face and looking into the mirror. I love this. I love when people just need to really think hard about something, or make their mind up about something. And then yeah. all they need is just a little little H2O on the face. And yeah. they'll look at themselves Clear intensely. your head. Yeah. And that's usually what, what makes up your mind. So that you can yeah. move on to your next action. Right. Yeah. yeah. Great moment. Great moment. <laughs> <laughs> then in the morgue, Philip wakes up. Yeah. Peeling the sheet off of his face and his eyes glow yellow. Yeah. They do the little glint. Almost like the hyenas. Yeah. Fling, fling. Like yes. that. I was hoping you would say that. But it wasn't quite a fling, fling. It no, because it didn't like really blink. It was like a slow Yeah. So glow. let me assign a new sound effect to this. Yes, please do. Fwing. <laughs> Something like that. I was going to go more like glom. Oh, glom's good. But then it's no. going to come back down. It's going to go up and then it's come back. So, yeah. So, so <laughs> Something Either like of these that? are good good options. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll we'll edit see those if uh, together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he and I felt like he looks he looks kind of like a skinny Borba. Yeah. Did you see that? Like I felt like he just looked like a skinny Borba to me. I guess so. 
Yeah. Pork and beans. I mean, it's been so long since we saw pork and beans fame. Yeah. Yeah. It's too bad. Hmm. R.I.P. Gone too soon. Rest in pork. (laughs) (laughs) Rest in pork. (laughs) The next morning at the morgue, the morgue attendant is checking to make sure the bodies are still in their drawers, as you do. Especially in Sunnydale. And what do we find? Philip is gone. Mm. Then Philip throws a sheet over the morgue attendant and tosses him in the cadaver drawer. And he doesn't make any sound in there. So I guess he's just He just went to sleep. He's like, finally a break. I've been working my (laughs) ass off here at the morgue forever. (laughs) Finally, someone's giving Uh, me my due rest. (laughs) Boring. Boring. (laughs) And then it's Saturday at Sunnydale High and Jenny, Willow, Xander, and Cordy are heading to Jenny's classroom. Xander and Cordelia complaining, of course. Xander says, when are we going to need computers for real life anyway? And Jenny says, hmm, let's see. There's home, school, work, games. Willow, Cordelia, and Xander sit down at computers. And Jenny um, is like up at the front of the class, as a teacher usually is. And says... (laughs) Good observation. (laughs) Good observation. Thank you. She says, all right, guys. The first thing we're going to do is Buffy. As Buffy enters the room and Xander says, huh? Did I fall asleep already? <laughs> Thought that was funny. Oh, boy. Um, Buffy tells Jenny and the rest of the room about Giles and uh, how she thinks that he was drinking. And Willow goes, but tea, right? <laughs> and Xander is not surprised. He says, I knew this would happen. Nobody can be wound as straight and narrow as Giles without a dark side erupting. My uncle Rory was the stodgiest taxidermist you've ever met by day. By night, it was booze, whores, and fur flying. <laughs> Were there whores? <laughs> Buffy says, he was alone. Xander says, give it time. And I was like, did they really put, like, did they really say whores on the I know. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, I know it's Saturday, and Miss Calendar is kind of a wild card, but this flies? Yeah. This is okay? Yeah. I well, I said whore in high school, but I was, I was more surprised that it, like... Well, yours was always a slur. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) If you were going to say whore to somebody, right? It wasn't in a a loving way. Not like, boo, For nefarious reason. Yeah. Oh, come on. We're just a couple of whores. (laughs) (laughs) I said it one time, okay? And yes, it was for... Nefarious reasons. A nefarious reason. (laughs) Um... Uh, but yeah, I think they let that slide on the WB because I didn't see anything like. Oh, I that's feel what like you're it, saying. Just more censorship wise. I was thinking. Yeah. Like in no, the no, world no. Of school. I, no. I mean, you know, whatever. They're like seven, sixteen, seventeen, 16, 17, whatever yeah. makes sense. But like, I, yeah, I was just surprised that it was okay on the WB and I didn't see anything in the trivia saying that like that was cut or anything. So. Yeah. It's probably more of a slur today. Yeah. You think so? I think so. I think you're probably right about that because I feel like there's more. I definitely feel like sometimes I go back and watch stuff from the 90s and I'm like, oh, shit, (laughs) this this didn't get cut. (laughs) Yeah. Certain things just were more okay back then. Yeah, that's sort of weird to think about. But um, I don't know. I'm fine with it. Anyway, (laughs) um, (laughs) then Buffy asks everyone if they like notice anything weird or different about Giles. And everybody says no. But then Cordelia says he seemed perfectly normal yesterday when I saw him talking to the police. Mm, Leaky bucket. Mm -hmm. I mean, not that she she was supposed to keep it a secret. 
Yeah. Well, <laughs> Buffy is like, uh, you thought to just tell us that now, basically? Yeah. More like sealed and, bucket. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cordelia says he's, he, oh, she said that um, it was something about a homicide. And then Buffy heads to the library to call Giles. Homicide? Homicide. <laughs> God damn it. I knew you were going <laughs> to. Cut that. Cut that. Cut that. <laughs> no, no, Cornelia no. It's tells funny because something homicide, about homicide. <laughs> homicide is like if you eat too much hummus and then you end up keeling over. And you're like, God, I should have known that I was going to fall victim to homicide. <laughs> Where's the Triscuits? I got to spread this out. <laughs> it's been a long day. <laughs> too much hummus. I hate mispronouncing things because <laughs> I call it out every time. Either you or Dave, like I am not safe. <laughs> it's the worst. Ah, oh, it's what makes it fun. And I talk so fast sometimes that sometimes. I just, you know, mumble over things and say yeah. homicide when I mean to say homicide, which <laughs> homicide. is a word I can say normally. SVU, the homicide unit. <laughs> Oh hey, uh, hey Jack! What kind of hummus you got there today? Oh, you know it's just the uh, the old uh, sun-dried tomato. <laughs> What's this? I don't Muppets? know. <laughs> okay. All right, cut that. Strike that. Reverse it. Yeah, leave it in. It's great. <laughs> leave it in. Damn it. <laughs> uh, what is happening? I lost my place. Homicide. I'm so Homicide. F- I'm so flustered. <laughs> Homicide. Okay. You're so she mustard. goes to the library. <laughs> Buffy goes. Did you say mustard? <laughs> I Stop. said you're so mustard. <laughs> I said flustered. <laughs> Buffy heads to the library to call Giles. Once there, she hears something in the upper level stacks and goes to investigate. We see a partially obscured male figure, and then we see his face through a shelf and see that it's Ethan Rain, who pushes over one of the bookcases to try to trap Buffy, but she rolls out of the way. And then grabs him by the arm as he's attempting to run, but he's like kind of limping pretty badly. Here's yeah. another limping Ethan. Ah, crossover ah. moment. Limping yes. Ethans. <laughs> limping Ethans. <laughs> Sounds like a great band name. <laughs> Ethan Rom, Ethan Rain, both limpers. Yeah. Buffy recognizes him as the costume shop owner and asks what he's doing here. And he says, snooping around. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, then he tells Buffy that he and Giles go way back and asks if she if she knows where he is. Then we get some more crazy dream sequence with the tattoo again. Demon, zombie, Deirdre, glowing yellow eyes, some glass smashing, a man screaming, a phone. The phone rings and then Giles's phone rings and he stirs at his desk at home and fumbles to pick up the phone. Yeah, so he was in like a, like a stupor. He was yeah. like passed out on his desk after a night of drinking his scotch yeah yeah very on giles very on giles so um you got all giled up yeah there's no telling where this episode's going tonight (laughs) (laughs) uh so buffy is on the other line and she asks him what the mark of igon is And then she tells him that she's in his office with Ethan Rain. He tells Buffy that she's in grave danger while while Ethan is there and tells her to put down the phone and get out of the library. But then zombie Philip comes crashing through a window and he says, Ethan. But he keeps stalking after Buffy. Xander, Willow, Cordelia, and Jenna enter the library. 
<laughs> as Ethan tries to run past them, but Buffy tells them not to let him get away, and Cordelia knees Ethan right in the cojones. Yeah, Cordelia actually yeah. uh, puts forth a little effort here. She does. Yeah. yeah. Go, Cordy. Yeah. Then Buffy kicks Philip into the bookcage and locks it. So look at that, Pat. This cage has come back so many times, and I you would have said never it, guessed. You said it was never going to come back. I was like, this is just convenient for this one episode, yet here it is. The cage is, is like a character in the show at this point. Yeah. Cage you can make with a some meal predictions. slot. Book slot yep. makes more sense. It's Yeah, it's a book slot. <laughs> <laughs> Giles arrives and is surprised to see Philip not actually dead. It's like sort of undead zombied, whatever he is, um, and to see Ethan, who calls him Ripper in front of everybody. Everybody sees that he's a Ripper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Giles grabs Ethan by his hair and lifts him out of the chair, telling him, you should have left when I told you. You put these people in danger, the people I care about. And Ethan said, if you cared so much about them, why didn't you leave town? And he pushes Giles' arm away and says, you've been having the dreams. I know. I have. We both know what's coming. Hmm. Just want to say I'm really proud of my accent right there. Yeah, it's stellar. Thank you. Buffy demands to know what's going on. But before Giles can say anything, Philip busts out of the cage, throwing <laughs> the door into Jenny, who's knocked straight out. Hey, and guess what? The cage what? is broken again. Who are they going to have to call? Ghostbusters. No, they got to call the, our Long Island contractors. Oh. <laughs> hey, what's this? Hey. You got a broken cage? Hey, no problem. We'll be over there on Tuesday. Tuesday? Yeah. Wednesday. Wednesday? Thursday. Thursday? Nah, let's make it next week. <laughs> <laughs> we have a show every Tuesday night. You need to get here by Monday. <laughs> okay, okay. We'll be there when we're there. And you're going to new, new, uh, new, new cage with a meal slot. Like that. No problem. I'll send <laughs> no you an problem. invoice. Piece of cake. Piece, Piece of, of cake. cake. Piece of quam cake. <laughs> was the nearest I like, bakery. Sometimes I like to put a little hummus in my cannoli. <laughs> yeah, a little hummus. Uh, last guy I knew had some hummus. He died. Yeah. They're, they're saying it was due to homicide. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away oh from the hummus God. in this town. Yikes. Oh, boy. Anyways, if invoices in the now. mail. <laughs> Anyone who's laughing with us, bless you. <laughs> bless your soul. If they're not okay. shutting. If they're not shutting it off after twenty episodes, they're in. They're, they're buckled in. in. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Jenny's knocked out. Buffy kicks. I wrote hymns. Uh, Philip a bunch of times. Then he convulses, passes out, and pulls the old Alex Mack routine. Ah, it turns into a pool drool. Drool pool. <laughs> <laughs> turns into a pool of what did Drool. I call it? Goo. Goo. I don't know Slime. what I called it. Slime, something like that. Gak. Gak. Yak. <laughs> Buffy. Uh, no, not Buffy. Okay, Ethan escaped <laughs> in the chaos, and the Philip Goo touches Jenny's hand, which twitches, and then she wakes up and is like helped up by Giles. It's Cordelia all it takes, says, huh? Yeah, just the I goo guess. just touches him. Yeah. And then the he, goo just evaporates. Is that what happens? Um, or you think it still sits there on the floor for a little bit and you got to mop it up. I think you got to call the janitor and he's like, <laughs> yeah. fucking this guy he's again. He's like, what? More goo? Uh, <laughs> there was some on the back loading dock. Now I got some here. Oh, Boy, God. with the goo. This poor guy. This poor guy. Underpaid. He needs a raise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Um, so Cordelia says, this is what happens when you have school on Saturday. And <laughs> yeah. Jenny holds Giles tight, and then we see her eyes flash. I forget the sound effect, but we'll go <laughs> that, with that, that one was for good, now. That was yeah. good with me. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded more like a race car going by, but that's okay. Yeah. Buffy, again, demands to know what's going on. Giles says, it's complicated, Buffy, and quite frankly, it's private. And when she pushes back, he takes off his glasses, he stands up, and he says, this is not your battle. And as your watcher, I'm telling you unequivocally to stay out. And he's not wearing a tie. He's got a few buttons on his shirt popped, and we could see some chest hair. And what are your thoughts on this? You into it? I'm like, hmm. Hmm. Okay, Giles. Bring in the sexy fuddy-duddy vibes, huh? Bring it in. (laughs) (laughs) What are your thoughts on this? You love Giles. Yeah, I'm kind of frightened by it, to be honest. Because by, I love Giles' manly chest hair. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, I, and the I'm way in... that he can grow a five o'clock shadow in a you normal amount of time. You know how I like time. my Giles. I like my Giles demure. <laughs> but when he's uh, this masculine and threatening, whoa! I don't mm. know. I don't know. Mm. It might be a little much. I like for me. it. You like it? I like for a person to be, you know, assertive. Well, not necessarily assertive, but just like well-rounded and interesting, you know, ah, like I don't want, so multi, I don't want my- mul- multifaceted. Multifaceted. So many sides. Yes. Yeah. That's what multifaceted means, Pat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, I'm just filling in the, the uh, you know, the listeners who might not know what these large words mean <laughs> since okay. my vocabulary reaches far and wide. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I just, to me, well, here's the thing that you need to know about me, okay? okay. I like a dark Ooh. night story. You know what I mean? Like, I like, I, Batman is interesting to me because he's like dark and mysterious, whatever, he's got this whole past, crazy yeah. past. Okay. Serial killer stuff is interesting to me because I'm like, what, how did they get to this point in their lives? Like, okay. what brought them here? So like- You like a mysterious Giles, past. Yeah, so like A man Giles, of mystery. Yes, international yeah. man of mystery. International if you will. man of mystery, <laughs> one with chest hair that is like a rug, <laughs> <laughs> and he wears a speedo to the pool, and perhaps his glasses too. <laughs> and he loves tea. <laughs> he loves tea. Uh, and shagging, baby, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, so yeah, so I just like you know I like when a character is more interesting and developed and has a complicated backstory. Okay, that's interesting to me. All right. You know, I I want my characters to be. But I mean, attraction wise, if you're just looking at them straight up as just a piece of man meat. Oh yeah, <laughs> I like this... them a little. I like them a little better, a little loosened up. Right. Less fuddy yeah. daddy, more mm-hmm. ripper. Yeah, okay. little. Yeah. All right. You know. Good. But it's like to I take your temperature on these before. things sometimes. I think he's a babe. He's a babe. Anyway, you <laughs> cut it. He's a babe. <laughs> anyway, you cut it. <laughs> uh, so then he says that he needs to take Jenny home, and they leave. Buffy tells Willow to research the mark of Igon, and Xander to sort through Giles's personal files. Hmm. Uh, Cordelia waits for her orders, but Buffy just sort of raises her eyebrows at her. And then Cordelia's like, what about me? I care about Giles. So Buffy tells her to work with Xander. I like this part because she smiled. She's like, give me something to do. I want to help. Yeah. She was like sitting on the counter and just sort of like 
she hops slid down, down in, in yeah. front of in front of Buffy and is like, "I'm ready What's to work." What's my job? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of nice. Definitely, definitely getting a little bit more of Cordelia too. She's starting to have more than one facet. Yes. Jenny thanks Giles for bringing her to his apartment, saying she's not ready to be home. And then Giles apologizes to her. He does a lot of apologizing this episode. Sorry. But she so says, sorry. that's what happens when two people get involved. Giles leans in to kiss her, but then says that he should get her home, that he's not safe to be around right now. Jenny says, nothing's safe in this world, Rupert. Don't you know that by now? Mm-hmm. And then in the library, Willow has found the mark of Igon and reads from a book. Igon, also called the sleepwalker, can only exist in this reality by possessing an unconscious host. Temporary possession imbues the host with a euphoric feeling of power. Unless the proper rituals are observed, the possession is permanent and Igon will be born from within the host. Once called, Igon can also take possession of the dead, but its demonic energy soon disintegrates the host and it must jump to the nearest dead or unconscious person to continue living. So this demon needs to jump from person to person to continue living, right? If if it's jumping to dead bodies. Oh. So that's the thing is it's been jumping, it's been like killing and then jumping to dead bodies. Gotcha. So, yes, it needs to keep jumping because it disintegrates the body that it's in. Oh, okay. So it uses it up like in a car. Yeah. All right. Drives it for a couple thousand miles. And then just tosses it aside. And that's it. Back yeah. to CarMax. Right in the trash. Yep. Gotcha. For the janitor to clean up. And he's like, ah, again. Yeah. <laughs> First God the damn drool goo. puddles. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um... Yes, so Buffy says, I still don't get what this has to do with Giles. And Willow says, I don't know about Giles, but ancient sects used to use, used to induce possession for bacchanals and orgies. That's a mouthful. Do you know what a bacchanal is? Oh, yeah. But why don't you tell me just in case I don't know? <laughs> well, first, it is a wild drunken party oh. named after the Roman god Bacchus. Oh. It's the god of like wine. Hmm. um but when i was writing this for some reason i was like <laughs> it also kind of sounds like a sneeze bacchanal oh bless you it's <laughs> <laughs> a funny anyway, observation <laughs> xander says okay giles and orgies in the same sentence i could have lived without that one mm. uh then they realize that though there was no one dead for igon to jump to jenny was unconscious Right, they put it together. They do. Yeah. So then at Giles's apartment, Jenny rips the phone cord from the wall like, and then uh, suggests that what Giles... What was that noise? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, what was that noise? And she's like, I didn't hear anything. <laughs> <laughs> Typical guilty party thing to say. Yeah. So then she suggests that Giles take advantage of her in her weakened state. Yeah, this gets a little out of hand. Oh, yeah. But like a true gentleman... Even with a dark past, Giles right. puts her off. Yeah, and he and might be like one or two scotches deep at this point, too. Probably. Well, so. maybe not, because he probably drove... Gen- you know, he's probably sobered up a little bit since he was drinking earlier, because he woke up, got the phone call from Buffy, then went to oh, okay. the library, but I thought, then I thought they were pouring here. more scotches at this point. Uh, they're like, let's oh, tie some on. No, they were having tea. Oh, tea. Okay. Yes. <laughs> it was very innocent then. Yeah, I mean, maybe he was pouring tea into 
or scotch into a, a teacup but he's like ah, think- ripper's back <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah glasses off and glasses up <laughs> <laughs> jenny says god you just don't taint change do you and she starts pacing mm. it's not right it wouldn't be proper people might get hurt you're like a woman ripper you oh, cry man. at every funeral, which I was like, excuse me? I don't cry at every funeral. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, sometimes I make inappropriate jokes because that's how I deal with grief. At but anyway. Oh, boy. I mean, usually like to myself. <laughs> okay. You're that okay. person. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not like walking around like making inappropriate jokes. No, you're just in the corner to... <laughs> snickering to yourself. and. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> This is hilarious. <laughs> it's like my whole family does it, okay? It's like how we cope with stuff. That's how you handle grief. Yeah, okay? It's like, it's like, we have one stage. It's like no Hilarity. <laughs> this is why I'm in therapy. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, okay. she says, you never had the strength for me. You don't deserve me. But guess what? You've got me. And then she takes his head and then says, under your skin. <laughs> yeah, the voice gets deep, huh? Yeah, this scene reminds me of the part in Ghostbusters where Sigourney Weaver, possessed by Zool, oh, yeah. seduces Bill Murray. Right. That's a great scene. You didn't think about that? I think subconsciously it did hit me because I knew some it reminded point she, me of something. She does have like, she ends up having like that deep voice, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I'm Zool. Yeah. Something like that. That's kind of how it was. Yeah. Um. So. And then Rick Moranis is like, "I am the gatekeeper." <laughs> like his voice doesn't <laughs> yeah. change, does it? <laughs> I don't think so. All right. Um. Anyway, Igon's Jenny roughly grabs Giles and kisses him, then pulls away, and her face is starting to transform. And she asks, "Was it good for you?" Then smashes his head into his desk. Then she throws him into a wall and Buffy kicks in the door and then kicks Jenny. And Jenny says, three down, two to go. Be seeing ya. <laughs> Which, Which is, is almost like saying get gone. Just the other <laughs> way around. Yes, but it's also what, uh, it's also the note that Ethan left behind. Oh yeah. From that, Halloween. That's what the, that's demon speak. That's how the demon talks. Be seeing Maybe. ya. He's like Be a 1950s like greaser. Be seeing yeah. you, pal. Yeah. Meet you down see? on the racetrack. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, we're playing for cigarettes and pink cards, you see? <laughs> Jenny jumps out of a window and buggers off. Then Giles apologizes to Buffy, who says, Don't be sorry. Be Giles. Come on. We fight monsters. This is what we do. They show up. They scare us. I beat them, and they go away. This isn't any different. Giles says it is different because... He created it. Uh, In the library, Xander holds up his discovery, a photo of a young Giles in a leather jacket. Yeah, he was a cool guy. <laughs> an electric bass. He wah, was. Wah, 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 wah. Giles was a cool guy. Hey. I now, ask it. me what I think about Giles now. What do you think of Giles now? Whew. Hello. Hello. Anytime you throw a guitar, a guitar, you know. Oh, yeah, a guitar. Hello. That's an easy you, well, way to you, your heart. You like the leather jacket thing. I like the I'm, leather jacket, but leather yeah, jacket and guitar, guitar, that's kind of a deadly combo. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh. I, can, I can barely handle it. Yeah. Giles can get it, okay? 
Okay. Back at his apartment, <laughs> he comes clean to Buffy and he says, I was 21 studying history at Oxford and, of course, the occult by night. I hated it. The tedious grind of study, the overwhelming pressure of my destiny. I dropped out. I went to London. I fell in with the worst crowd that would have me. We practiced magics. Small stuff for pleasure or gain. And Ethan and I discovered something bigger. Buffy says, I gone. And Giles says, yes. One of us would go into a deep sleep and the others would summon him. It was an extraordinary high. God, we were fools. One of us, Randall, lost control. Igon took him whole. We tried to exorcise the demon from Randall, but it killed him. No, we killed him. We thought we were free of the demon after that, but now he's back. And one by one, he will kill us all. So, Buffy leaves to find Ethan, telling Giles to stay put. Giles says he doesn't know how to stop it without killing Jenny. And Buffy assures him that she has the guys, meaning... The Scooby Sander, Gang. Willow, and Cordy working yeah. on a solution. They're, they're on it. They're on it. Buffy finds Ethan at the costume shop, and he bashes her over the head with a mannequin arm. Yeah, she and turned when, around. I was like, Buffy, you can't just... Come on, Come Buffy. on, Buffy. Aren't You're... your slayer senses tingling? Yeah, you should know that this creepo, he's been a creepo before. He's going to yeah. be, keep being a creepo. You can't turn your back on this guy, especially in his uh, abandoned costume shop, which Bad was lit Buffy. beautifully. I must say. Oh, of course you must. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of lights. Different uh, colors. So yeah, she gets bashed with a mannequin arm. And when she comes to, she's strapped face down to some kind of bench. And yeah. Ethan is preparing to tattoo the mark of Igon onto her back. In the library, Xander is reading from a book some possible solutions to kill Igon. Hot lava. And Willow says, that's for a heretic. And Sandra says, oh, yeah, okay, uh, bury a potato. No, that's for words. Who writes this stuff? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Cordelia offers up beheading as a solution. So then Xander says, sure, we'll find Miss Calendar. Then we'll decapitate her. Hey, she'll be the first headless computer teacher in school. You think anybody will notice? And then they start screaming at each other like Xander and Cordy are like really going at it yelling at each other and then Willow steps up again lays down the law and says (laughs) to them we don't have time for this our friends are in trouble now we have to put our heads together and get them out of it and if you two aren't with me 110% then get the hell out of my library yeah they square up to fight Cordelia and Xander they're like all right come on you want to (laughs) go yeah basically like like, put them up yeah put them up yeah and then Willow actually the first thing she says is, hey! Yeah. <laughs> like, she really gets their attention. Yeah. She's Big not Mama having Willow. this bullshit. Yeah. Big Mama Willow. <laughs> Big Mama Willow came out. Yikes. I know. Scary. I love it. Yeah. And see? See? There's all these different facets of Willow. We have, like, cute little shy Willow, innocent Willow is like, Giles is only drinking tea, right? And then, right. listen up, you boneheads! Right. And because of the ZD, right? And then, yeah. Hey! gotta love willow gotta love it so then xander suggests that they find another dead body for igon to inhabit but willow says that won't kill the demon it'll only give it a change of scenery and then she's got a light bulb moment and it's like she's like i got it and she kind of runs off excitedly then ethan has completed the tattoo on buffy and is moving on to burning his own off with acid of some sort yeah, and I like how when he burns it off, he's got to flex his 
his bicep that you know he's been working on for like the past year in in preparation for this role. He's like, oh, hold on, I know I know how to burn it. Hold on, this is what I'm gonna do. I could do it like this, but let's do it like this. And then he's like, <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Oh yeah, he's kind he's kind of jacked. I mean, right. his arm's good. He even worked, Rain's not, worked for he's it. He's not bad looking. Eh, you know, he's all right. He's all but right. But that arm. I would take Giles over him for sure. But oh, I mean, yeah. Giles any day of the week. Yeah. 24-7. All day. All day. <laughs> <laughs> so then Buffy is uh, scraping her rope, the rope binding that um, her hands together against like this nail underneath the bench. Yeah, it's like a screw. Yeah. Drywall screw. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get think, right, okay? I Be think specific. nail could have been fine, but I guess you're right. No, is... no, you got to do it on the screw because the screw's got the ridges, right? Yeah, so when right. you're rubbing it up Ruffles and down. Ruffles has ridges. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how you're going to you're gonna cut through the rope, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Going up and down them ridges, the threads, yeah. if you will. Threads, yes. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's important. Okay. Yeah, no, you're you're right. You're right. You, yep. Thank you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Thank welcome. you for explaining, for mansplaining that to me. Oh, come on. <laughs> <sighs> okay, Giles stumbles in his apartment and we see flashes of the Igon nightmares again. And this time he sees a vision of Buffy tatted up. Then he gets back up, runs out of his apartment, not even closing his door, just fucking leaves it wide open. Hmm. Um, then Igon Jenny arrives at the costume shop, back backlit by an eerie green light yeah this is cool because it's uh one of those classic lighting gags where you see the the silhouette as a shadow first and it's like Mm -hmm. bigger and then as she gets close to the door the shadow gets smaller and then the door swings open and there she is in a perfect silhouette tiny little lady well she's a demon tiny little i wasn't gonna say tiny little lady i was just gonna say lady okay (laughs) but yeah (laughs) scary lady Yeah, and so then she says, it's your time, which kind of reminds me of the Goonies quote when he's like, it's, it's our, our time. time down here. <laughs> In this one, I'm taking it back. I'm taking them all back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, her face is real different. She's got pointy ears, these like weird teal looking scaly things poking out of the top of her forehead. Yeah, she's gone downhill. Yeah, she really has very quickly. Am I right? Downhill. (laughs) Uh, She shoves Ethan aside and um, Buffy cuts through the rope and battles a little bit with Jenny, Igon Jenny. Mm. Um, Giles busts in and tells Buffy to get out, but she doesn't, of course. Jenny uses the force, what looks like the force, (laughs) to just toss Buffy aside, (laughs) pushes Giles to the floor and then stands over him. And then Angel bursts through the door, grabs Jenny and chokes her, Willow, Cordy, and Xander following in after. And um, Igon jumps into Angel, and we see Angel's face kind of like contort between his regular face, his vamp face, Igon face, um, as the two demons inside of him battle it out. Yeah, a bit of frantic CGI effects here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought it was pretty well done, though. Yeah, I thought it looked Uh good. Yeah. Um, the vampire wins, and Igon is thrown out with no new host to jump into. Mm. Angel collapses, and they rush to help him. And Ethan runs for it, 
Jenny helps, uh, Giles helps Jenny up and then they leave the shop. Next day at school, Buffy is upset that she had to spend, she's got to spend her hard-earned allowance on removing the tattoo rather than buying new shoes. Xander compliments Willow on her brilliant thinking and Buffy says that maybe Willow should consider a career as a watcher. Willow's like, oh no, I don't think I can handle the stress. Xander says, and the dental plan is crap. Giles catches up with Jenny and says he tried to call her, and Jenny says that she left her phone off the hook, that she seems to need a lot of sleep lately. Mm. So, see, kids, back before call waiting and cell phones, Mm -hmm. if someone was on the phone or if they took their phone off of the hook, which was like a literal kind of thing that you could you physically you know, take physically the phone receiver the phone receiver off, off of, of the thing that the you phone the cradle, cradle. <laughs> <laughs> you would get a busy signal and you couldn't get through yeah it was the ultimate block all calls like yeah. nobody could get through unless you came to their house yep Man, so it's pretty awesome kind of kind of kind of great it's like yeah. we don't really have that now unless you turn off your phone um Giles asks Jenny if she's okay, and she says, I'm fine. I mean, I'm not running around, wind in my hair, the hills are alive with the sound of music, fine, but I'm coping. Giles says that he would like to help and suggests that they talk some time when she's feeling stronger. Um, And then Buffy sees them talking and sees Giles, like, reach out to sort of, like, put it, put, like, a hand on Jenny. It's like a sweet thing. He's going to put like hands a, on her? He, just, he reaches out to her. He would never. <laughs> he reaches out to her. Yeah. And then she recoils from him. Right. And says yeah, she better cold. get to class. And she's takes cold off. to Giles at this point. I know. It's so sad. She's not into the warm, fuzzy, fuddy duddy anymore. Oh. Mm. Giles sadly watches her go and then turns to head toward the library. Buffy catches up with him and asks about Jenny. And he says, I don't think she'll ever really forgive me. Maybe she shouldn't. And Buffy says, maybe you should. Giles says, I never wanted you to see that side of me. Buffy said, I'm not going to lie to you. It was scary. I'm so used to you being a grown-up. And then I find out that you're a person. And Giles says, most grown-ups are. Buffy said, who would have thought? Giles said, some are even short-sighted, foolish people. And Buffy says, so after all this time, we finally find out that we do have something in common. And then she says that she thinks they're supposed to be training right now and that she's got the perfect music and holds up a CD saying, go on, say it. You know you want to. Giles says, it's not music. It's just meaningless sounds. And he feels better. Yep. And they head down the hall. And then Giles <laughs> says, Bay City Rollers. Now that's music. And Buffy says, I didn't hear that. Yeah. So that's that's that. Okay. I got some trivia for you, unless you have any other thoughts. Hit me with the trivia. So the music that Buffy is aerobicizing to Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the episode uses... All right. So this one, you got to kind of follow me a little bit here. I'm following. It uses a prominent guitar riff from the musical Jesus Christ Superstar. Okay. And in the original rock opera album recording, so basically it was... It was um, a recorded album before it became a stage production because it couldn't get backing as a stage production initially. Okay. Anthony Stewart Head's, Giles's, older brother, Murray Head, sings the vocals for Judas. What? Yeah. Wow. Cool. Kind of cool. 
Giles's line, um, and the rest is silence, is a reference to William Shakespeare's Hamlet, whose hmm. dying words are, the rest is silence. Okay. And this reference is also made in the Buffy movie. Hmm. The photo of a young Giles holding a guitar is actually Anthony Stewart's Anthony Stewart head's head superimposed on a photo of Sid Vicious from the Sex Pistols. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> it did look somewhat superimposed when I saw it. Yeah, I mean they show it briefly, but yeah. um yeah. Usually so all those funny. photos are like <laughs> in movies when the main character yeah, has like, they have an old to photo. Be. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's not you. Yeah. I mean it's your face, but yeah. Um, yeah, that's my cool. that's my trivia for you. All right, great. Yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah, sort yeah. of fun. Got to see Giles's backstory. You know. Yeah. Saw you know what would have been good Ethan though. Rain again. Hmm? You know what would have been good after they killed the demon. What? If someone, I don't care who, if someone said, "Well, let's let Igons be Igons." <laughs> <laughs> nice. Ah, and with that, let's move on to Lost. <laughs> this one is season one, episode 19, titled Deus Ex Machina. This one originally aired April 6, 2005. It's written by Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof, and it's directed by Robert Mandel. Your predictions Not to for be this. confused with Howie Mandel. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's okay, Howie's so- brother, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my predictions that I knew we were going to get Locke's backstory because, as I said, we didn't close out of the show quickly enough the before the thumbnail popped up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it kind of looks like he's in like a mall, like he's some kind of mall elf. But I was not making the prediction <laughs> that elf. he actually was a mall elf. No. <laughs> um, and I said that Claire will have her baby by the end of this season, which you mm-hmm. said was a cop out. But whatever. Yeah. Um, and I said that I think Saeed is going to try to find the radio tower in the next two episodes and Locke will open the hatch within the next two episodes. Hmm. Okay. So kind of came close. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. So this episode starts out with a flashback. No eye shot again. This is two episodes. No eye shot. Yeah, I like what, it. What is this show Maybe coming to? Maybe the eye is gone. Maybe it's gone. Eye gone. Eye gone. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so it's this not one starts. Just let icons be icons. But... <laughs> <laughs> you can't top that. <laughs> no. Yeah, I wrote it down early in this episode. I was like, icon. Oh, icon. Is that what you were furiously writing down? Yeah, <laughs> I had to write something. I was like, yeah. <laughs> not that I'd forget it. It's too good. I thought you were going to get it before me, so I had no. a little bit of anxiety. I was like, please don't say my icons <laughs> oh, pun. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this episode starts with a flashback to Locke, and he's got hair. He's got a. Got a yeah, mane of brown hair. Yeah, to see him with hair. <laughs> it, yeah, it is. Because we're so used to bald lock. Yeah. But here he is with hair, and he's working in some toy store, I want to say, or a Costco. It looked like I, a Costco. Yeah, I thought it was like a Costco. From the outside, when we see the outside of the store, it looks like a Costco. Yeah. Well, even when they kind of like, like sort of pan away from just him, crane up whatever the hell they do when they show sure. more of the scene, it yeah. looks like he's, it doesn't look like he's in a toy store. It looks like there's like other stuff like, right. you know, like how in Costco and stuff, they have just like random shit tables. <laughs> right. Where they've got Cages just like. And tables. Yeah. Yeah. And they've got like 
rows of sweatpants and stuff. Whatever it is, it's a big box store, a nondescript department store of some sort. Box store. Box store. A big box store. Oh, yeah. This is how he got his start. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I worked for box box stores before. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, he's teaching a child to set up a mousetrap. You know, which weren't we just talking about this in movie club? I feel like we were. Okay, because I was like, I was just talking about Mousetrap with someone. It was probably in the podcast, to be honest. We just don't remember what we talk about on this thing most of the time. I was like, I I feel like it was the movie club chat, but maybe it was the podcast. I don't know. But I was like, how how often does Mousetrap come up? Never. I know. So weird. So he's, he's teaching a kid how to set it up, and an older woman who's kind of fishy, she's got red hair, she's sort of looking on from afar. Susie Kurtz. Susie Kurtz? Oh, you know this lady? Swoozy. Her name Swoozy? is Swoozy Kurtz. Yeah. Swoozy? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Swoozy Kurtz. She's in a lot of stuff. Um, the thing that I know her from just off the top of my head, though, is Pushing Daisies. Oh, okay. Yeah. She looks familiar to me, but I, you know, I couldn't place her. Yeah. She's one of those people that's like in a lot of things. She's a good character. Uh, yeah. Character actor. Mm-hmm. So Locke approaches this lady and he asks if he can help her. And she asks where the footballs are. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he tells her where. And then we cut back on the island. And Locke and Boone are working on trying to break into the hatch. They have it all dug up around sort of the top of the hatch. And they've built some sort of smashing machine, which we... <laughs> I didn't know what to call it at first, but they called it a... Tre- uh, what is it? A tre- trebuchet? Trebuchet? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what it is either? <laughs> yeah, it's what? a tre- trebuchet. Trebuchet. Okay. Spelled with a T at the end, Pat. Yeah. Okay. Well, I called it almost like a catapult, cat a smash. That's what I called it. <laughs> I didn't know what to call it. You wind it up, you let it fall, okay? And it smashes something. Yeah. It's a so, so a catapult, it's like kind of the opposite of a catapult. Like right. a catapult flings something. I guess it's not the complete opposite. But a catapult flings something, a trebuchet like slams Smashes. Down. Yeah. yeah. So they wind it up and they do just that. They try to smash into the hatch. Because there's then, like that little glass window or something on the top. Right. And so they aim like, like right at break. it. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't. The whole trebuchet falls mm-hmm. apart. Yes, it's a French word. <laughs> I figured. That's why I added a it's little flair to it. It's also the name it. of a very popular font. So now you'll know how to pronounce that Oh, font. yeah. I know I've seen that somewhere. I know you have. <laughs> <laughs> I hate fonts. Um, and then Locke freaks out and starts yelling at the hatch saying, this was supposed to work. And then Which boom. is exactly how I flip out when I encounter a technology error. <laughs> I'm like, God, is supposed to work? You lose it. I know. I I've seen you freak shit. out at technology before when you had your meltdown with your computers over the last summer. That was bad. That was bad news. When? <laughs> what, you watched that happen? What? No, we were just talking a lot at that time. And oh. You were just having some issues. Yeah, all my fucking computers <laughs> died at once because I <laughs> traded in. Meltdown. I traded in my iMac because it was really slow. Yeah. And then I was like, "It's fine though because I have my MacBook Pro." And then that fucking died on me, and I was <laughs> right. like, "How does this happen?" <laughs> you were left with nothing <laughs> but your phone. This is why I always have a backup. <laughs> <laughs> oh my yep. god! Yeah. Yeah, that was a, that was a moment. So in so when the trebuchet smashes, Boone points out that Locke's leg has been impaled with some shrapnel. Mm. But he says he's fine. It's almost like he doesn't feel it, you know? Yeah, he didn't notice it at all. No, he didn't notice it until Boone pointed it out. So then we cut to Locke at night 
and he's pricking his legs for feeling, and it appears as if he can't really feel anything. Loctri is burning his foot with like a burning stick. Yeah. Yeah. And still, he doesn't really react to it, and he's not too happy about that. Then we cut to the lost title. After the title, it's Boone and Locke, and they're hacking at a branch, and they're talking about the trebuchet that has failed them. Look, and Boone you're asks, so happy that you know how to pronounce that. You're like so excited. <laughs> Me? Excited yeah. about trebuchet? You're like trebuchet. Trebuchet. <laughs> okay. I just like it when I can nail the the pronunciation of anything, really. Mm. So you can't call it out like Unlike I do you. Homicide. <laughs> Unlike homicide. <laughs> so Boone asks, he's, Boone is pretty fired up here and he's annoyed. He doesn't know what to do. So he's asking what's next and what do they do? And Locke lets it slip. We'll do whatever the island tells us to do, okay? And yeah. Boone's like, what the heck is, is up with this old fogey? Which is not he normally likes to talk in front of people. That's like his right. own private stuff. Right. That's his little religion he's got going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Praise to the eye of the island. Flashback to Locke leaving the store. And this is where I said, kind of looks like Costco because this is like with the red line around the edge of the building. Mm. And he starts chasing the red-haired woman through the parking lot who was following him. He catches up with her. Well, and didn't she, like, he had a note on his car, right? Oh, did Am he? I imagining that? No, you're probably right. Probably missed it. I feel it. like he picked up a note and she was, like, kind of peeking around, like, some other cars. But then oh. she runs away. I'm like, you left him a note. Right. Why are you running now? <laughs> well, she wants to be chased by him because I think, I think that's kind of the game. Yeah, like it they're is, trying as, to set up like this mystery thing. As we thing. discover, right? As we Don't come to find ruin out, ruin it yet. I'm not. You are leaky bucket, Pat. Trebuchet, what? Sammy. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I do smash. <laughs> he so he's chasing after Swoozy, and he catches up with her, and he asks why she's following him, and she says that she's his mother. And I said, really? They look the same age. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she looks a little older, but yeah, it's. Eh, not by much though it's just like <laughs> i just love it when they sometimes uh you know like take act the same actors and try to make them younger or older and it's like yeah. super obvious you know right. yeah <laughs> yeah so then we cut to them sitting in a diner and talking together and she tells Locke that he's special and he asks about his father and the woman tells him that he doesn't have a father of course he was immaculately conceived of course of course she's a little cuckoo (laughs) well it could happen you know so back on the island sawyer is talking to son and he's asking for something and kate approaches asking what's happening because there's a bit of commotion Mm -hmm. and sawyer runs off and son says that sawyer has bad headaches and the aspirin isn't helping him so Locke and boone are in the jungle boone wants to quit working on the hatch he because he's fed up and Locke says that the island will send us a sign And just then, we see a small engine plane seemingly crashing off into the sky. It's coming down, you know? Mm -hmm. And there's a little CGI. It's a little, you know, it's not the greatest. It's kind of like the polar bear, you know? Yeah. Not uh, quite as bad. It's like a yellow plane, and it starts to head down. And then we hear a rustling, and Locke turns around, and he sees his mother, Spoozy, and she's Mm -hmm. pointing at something. And then we see Boone who was standing where he was standing, but this time he's all bloody and mm. he's looking off into the distance sort of creepily and he keeps repeating, Teresa falls down the stairs. Teresa falls up the stairs and he's looking off. And his voice is kind of all funky too, you know? Yeah. 
There's yeah. some crazy nightmare shit in these yeah. two episodes. That is some spooky stuff happening. And then yeah. there's like a flash cut, and then Locke is in a wheelchair, and then he wakes up at night. Well, he also he also says, don't take it back. Oh, I missed that. Oh, yeah. I think he's in his nightmare still, and he says, don't take it back, which I was oh. like, oh, he's talking about his gift, his mm. like his ability to walk again. Oh, yeah. Communicate with that the makes island. sense. Mm, good catch on that. Yeah. So Locke wakes Boone up early in the morning, and Boone asks what's going on. And Locke just tells him, come along. Come along, you. He grabs him by his ear. He's like, let's go. You and me. <laughs> it's bro time. Bro time. <laughs> Bad boys. Bad, Bad boys, boys for club. life. <laughs> they do a fist bump. Yeah. No, they didn't do that. They just walked off. <laughs> and then flashback to Locke talking with a private investigator of some sort who checked out this woman who claimed to be his mom. Mm-hmm. He confirms that she is not that he is ninety nine percent certain that she is his mom based on DNA or something. Yes, and that DNA. She, <laughs> <laughs> and that she's been hospitalized previously for schizophrenia. He asks Yowza. about his father, and the investigator sort of cautions him against looking into who his father is, saying it might not be good news. But Locke yeah. persists. These daddy Ugh. issues. So many daddy issues. They never stop, do they? Yeah. No. Every character's got him. Locke pulls up to a security gate. Um, for... He's what? pulling up to a security gate in a fucking Beetle. Yeah, I, I got that in my notes in a red VW bug. I was like, what a cool dude. Yeah, that fits Locke. I could totally see him driving a bug yeah. in a bright red one, for sure. I want an Uncle, Uncle Locke. Uncle Locke? Yeah. That would be cool. Comes over, plays backgammon with you, tells you <laughs> long, stupid stories. Well, <laughs> you know yeah. what? I don't want an Uncle Locke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into it. <laughs> You're into it. I'd be like, come on, Locke, tell me your stories. <laughs> yeah. So this guy at the security gate lets him through. Locke meets his father, and he seems to be <sighs> sort of a nice guy. Mm. He's got gray hair, nice house, mm. and they share a drink. And his dad asks about his mother. Well, and first he... he says, do you hunt? <laughs> yeah. And Locke says, No. And he's like, you're not one of those animal rights nut jobs, are you? Yeah. And I was like, oh, great. I'm going to love oh, this guy. Great. This guy and his guy m- meat murdering. Fucking right up my alley. Yeah. Locke tells him that she told him that he was immaculately conceived, which makes his dad laugh. The man asks if he wants to go hunting together, and Locke agrees, and they seem pretty excited Ugh. of hunting together. Too soon. Too, too fast. Soon? Too soon. Come on. Yeah. Too much. We cut to Locke and Boone back at the hatch. Locke tells Boone about seeing the plane crash, uh, and now he, he knows where to go on the island. And Locke asks Boone about the Teresa falls up the stairs comment, and Boone says, Well, yeah, he he, well, know. he says, Who's Teresa? Right. And he says, Yeah, who's Teresa? And Boone's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> don't ask me any more questions about that, please. <laughs> you gotta take better notes. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I can't take all the notes for you. No, no, you just, this is how you chime in, though. You just correct me, you know? Oh, Lord. I have some copious notes coming up. Get get okay, excited. Good, okay? all right, I'm excited. Oh. All right, good. Oh, I, I'm <laughs> just seeing a note that's coming up for me, and I'm not excited about it. Oh, okay. So Michael and Jin are building the raft, and Jin says something to him in Korean, and Michael somewhat understands it, and Jack acknowledges it. He's like, oh, you're learning some Korean? Michael's <laughs> like, yeah, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. He's calling well, me Well, he's like, yeah, I, I know. I know the words for, like, 
hurry up and stupid yeah. or something like right, that. Right, right. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> so then Jack saunters over to Sawyer, and he starts to talk to him about his headaches. Uh, he tells Jack that his uncle died of a brain tumor, and Jack asks him if it runs in the family. Oh, no, he asks Jack if it runs in the family. And then Jack asks if he wants him to do some tests to find out a little bit more, and Sawyer declines, saying, sorry, my insurance ran out. <laughs> but before he says that he's like i don't he's like it's not a tumor and i was like it's not a tumor <laughs> it's not a tumor <laughs> <laughs> little kindergarten cop for you <laughs> classic <laughs> so then Locke and boone walk through the jungle Locke stumbles oh, and starts also, to fall over what? well first of all come on pat what 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 am i using you left out some of the fun stuff I jack's did? yeah jack told sawyer he was like well you know, like when he was asking questions, like if it's a tumor, he was like, do you like smell anything weird or anything like that? And he's like, no. And then after Jack leaves, Sawyer sniffs the air. He's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he doesn't smell good after not showering for so many. I know, days, but you know? I just I thought it was funny. A yeah. little, little humor here. You yeah. can't just skip right over that, you know. Uh, but you can. So anyways. Lock, Lock and Boone walk through the jungle. Lock stumbles and falls over because something's up with his leggies. Or his leggies. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lock says he's fine and leave him alone. And then he finds a crucifix necklace that's sort of hanging like on a branch. Mm. And also a body that falls down that was in a tree. It falls down. And then something crawls out of its <laughs> eye. <laughs> and I turned to my wife. I said, oh, Sammy's not going to like that. <laughs> I started writing, that's a priest right there. Fucking centipede. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is basically what I did in real life. I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, oh, I can't even. Can we just yeah. move on, please? Move yeah. on quickly, well, please. Well, crawled out of the eye. No, it's like, stop it. Snakes, Pat. Snakes. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Jeez. Oh, God. So then we flash back to Locke driving into his father's house. Well, not we driving into it, but snow. driving into the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I love Listen you, up, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Here <I> come. <laughs> he walks into like his living room and he sees his dad who's hooked up to a dialysis machine. Well, hold on. What? Um, the, the priest has a gold grill. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't think that's worth mentioning, but sure, the priest priest I'm gonna put in quotes has a <laughs> gold <Real>. grill. <laughs> his dad is hooked up to a dialysis machine and says, and then his dad's like, "You're early," and he's like, "I thought for sure you said eleven o'clock," and he's like, "Oh, mm-hmm. it was like twelve o'clock." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he he tells him that his kidney's failing and that he needs a donor. Mm-hmm. So, so then we cut to Locke and Boone, who's rifling through the dead guy's clothes. And they find Nigerian dollars and also a gun. Cut to Sawyer on the beach. He's grabbing his head in pain as a bunch of randos bang on a piece of metal <laughs> down on the beach. Hey, I thought this is hilarious. Randos, shut yeah. up. <laughs> I love seeing just a grouping of random people in yeah. these episodes because it's like you've never seen them before. The cameras never lingered on them. And then there's just a bunch of dudes just banging on a piece of wreckage, just like bang, bang. How much bang. would you have loved to be one of those dudes though? Oh, like in the show? Yeah. Oh, I would have loved it. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. 
They're most likely like crew or something or just extras. Imagine yeah. being an extra on that show. I know. Like you just hang out on the beach all day. It'd be fucking great. I mean, it'd probably get boring after a while, I guess. Yeah. They're like, keep banging the stuff back there. Or okay. Carry the turbine from left to right. <laughs> so, da, 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 da. yeah, he screams at these randos to stop. And then Kate arrives to take him to the dock. Sawyer uh, is in the rapid care facility in the caves. <laughs> and Jack, Dr. Jack, is there poking and prodding Sawyer and oh, asking him a bunch I of questions. It. And he asks if he's had a prostitute. And he sort of if looks he, at Kate. If he's ever and had she's like, sex with a prostitute. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what I meant. And then, uh, <laughs> and then also an STD. And he's like, and he's like, I think that's a yes to both. <laughs> Uh, Sawyer storms off at that well, he point. Well, he also says, when was the last outbreak? Yeah. And then Sawyer storms off. That, yeah, that was enough to make Sawyer storm off in a real huff. And then Jack says to Kate, he needs glasses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love that part. Yeah, it's a good moment. <laughs> Boone and Locke in the middle of the jungle, and Locke is having some trouble walking. Boone wants to help him or find help. And Locke keeps refusing help and tells Boone to soldier on. And uh, he also tells Boone about him being in a wheelchair prior to the crash on the island. For and now four the island, years. For four years. Four is one of the numbers, Pat. It's one of the numbers. The island seems to be taking it back, and he doesn't know why. So he keeps going on about the island, wanting to find, wanting him to find something so that they can get into the hatch. And Boone helps him up. Locke, we cut to Locke and his dad shooting birds together and as Locke shoots he says good shot son and they share smiles together they're really starting to bond at this fucking moment fucking hate this guy father oh, and son I'm on to him but not at this point right or or you hate oh, him oh I was on to I was on to him when he walked in to really Locke walked in and the guy was like oh you're here early I never meant for you to see this <laughs> yeah right fucking guy you're like something smells like shit and it's this guy <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, his dad says that he's glad that they got together while they while still, still have, have time. time. Give yeah. me a fucking break. <laughs> so All Boone... your money and you can't buy a fucking kidney. Uh, what? You can't what just a buy a kidney. You gotta I know. Like, go through the no, whole donor I... system. <laughs> I know. So what, why does he, ugh, <laughs> this guy deserves one more than somebody else. Yeah. I don't know. No, that's well, he, what I mean. I'm glad. I, I'm saying like, oh, boo-hoo, all your money and you can't buy a kidney. Meh, meh, meh. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I was not. I was not having it with this guy. No. Gotta also, protect he's killing my Uncle animals. Locke. Right. Unky Locke. So Boone Unky and Locke, Locke are in the jungle <laughs> and Boone tells Locke about Teresa being his nanny and that his mom was never around so he would call her over the intercom and then one day she broke her neck on the wrong step going up the stairs. Yikes. Yeah. Or it was the owl. Or it was the owl. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Owl theory on this one. Good call. Could be the owl. (laughs) Never rule that out. So Locke Locke reacts by laughing hysterically. (laughs) And Boone's like, huh? What? He's a little mystified until the camera swings around and we see what Locke is seeing. And that is the plane that he saw in his dream. And it's perched up on top of the cliff like this cliff it's perched yeah yeah and they talk about what's important is what's inside 
and Locke tells Boone that he's got to climb up to find out what's in there, because obviously Locke is in no condition for climbing. So then flashback at this moment to Locke and his dad in hospital bed side by side, and he tells Locke that he can still change his mind if he wants, and Uncle Locke says no. And his dad says, see you on the other side. We cut to Jack telling Sawyer that he has hyperopia, and which is just meaning he's farsighted. And mm-hmm. then he tries a, di- a bunch of different eyeglasses. But he doesn't know that. <laughs> Sawyer's like, hyperopia. Yeah, and he's, he's like, like oh, you're that's far-sighted. a death sentence. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I'd do... be the same way. I'd be like, what? How oh, many I know. days, Doc? How many days? <laughs> I love I love the Jack Sawyer dynamic in this episode. Yeah. It's, it's really funny. fun. Yeah, so he tries on a bunch of different eyeglasses to see which one might help, like different prescriptions. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to this cool montage of Saeed building a special pair of glasses for Sawyer. He's sort of like breaking glasses in half and mending them together to make the right perfect glasses. Sawyer tries them on and he can see. And Hurley passes by saying, (laughs) dude looks like someone steamrolled Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) And Sawyer immediately takes them off. (laughs) Yeah, nice little drive-by there by Hurley. And then Kate nods in approval to his new glasses. It's nice of Kate. Yeah, she's very nice. (laughs) She's nice to Sawyer. So Boone climbs up into the plane, which is very shakily hanging on to where it's situated on top of this cliff here. Yeah, so I'm I'm like, oh shit, is this plane going to fall on Boone? What's happening? What's going to happen with this plane? I don't know. But inside the plane, he comes across a Nigerian map, and then the plane starts to jerk around violently, which causes another corpse to fall on Boone. And this before time, we no get centipede. to that, yeah. Pat, what? There's like really cool. <laughs> I really like the chime music that's playing in the plane, like as he's climbing around in it. I don't know. If oh, you me that. too. Great chime music. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. You're welcome. <laughs> Normally, I'm right on top of the chime music. I was like, this is great music, and you didn't even say anything. You just steamrolled over it. Well, I thought it was getting old, me talking about the music and cinematography. I was no, trying I to take like a step back, you I know? I liked it here. All right, good. I thought it was cool. Cool. Yeah, corpse falls on Boone. Locke starts to regain his ability to use his legs, or at least he stands up. Mm-hmm. And Boone finds a bunch of Mary statues, and he throws one down to Locke, who's on the ground, and it smashes open, and a bunch of heroin baggies fall out of it. Parmesan cheese. Parmesan cheese. Here it comes back. <laughs> I was like, don't let Charlie find this. Yeah. It looked less like Parmesan cheese and more like clay in this one, though. Maybe because they're sold. I feel like I saw it briefly, but. Locke gets frustrated, saying, I don't understand. And Boone continues to rifle around, and then he tries the CB radio that's in the cockpit. The plane jerks around again, and Locke yells for Boone to get out, but the CB radio seems to be working because there's a voice on the other end that starts to come in. So he starts using it to call for help. Someone responds, and Boone tells him that they are the survivors of Flight 815, that they're on an island, and then the plane falls down the cliff, crashes face first. Locke runs into the rescue and pulls out a very bloody and injured Boone, and a fireman carries him out into the jungle. Wait, what? A fireman carries him? Nah, no, it's like a fireman carry. You know, when somebody throws oh, you over your shoulder. Oh, he fireman carries yeah. him. Okay. I was like, uh, fireman just came out of <laughs> yeah, nowhere? Yeah, fireman what? just comes in. He's like, NY, NYFD, I'm here. 
<laughs> Don't worry, we'll get you patched up, son. Sounds just like the contractors from Buffy. Oh, yeah, you know my brother, the contractor? Yeah, he's getting a lot of uh, work out there in Sunnydale. Sounds just like Bill Burr, too. (laughs) (laughs) So then we cut to Jack and Kate in the jungle, and they talk about Jack helping Sawyer. Kate thanks him for helping Sawyer, and Jack says he didn't do it for him. I mean, it's pretty fucking obvious, though. Yeah, I mean, obviously. (laughs) I was like, that goes without saying, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Kate's like, oh, And then Locke comes in with Boone, who's all mangled up, and Jack starts working on Bloody Boone. And he tears open his shirt, and there's a lot of damage, and he screams for Locke to tell him exactly what had happened out there in the jungle, and Locke seems to have disappeared. Where'd that Locke go? Yeah. And then flashback to Locke waking up after his surgery, where he donated his kidney to his father, and his father, who was in the bedside next to him, is suddenly gone. And he asks the nurse where he is, and the, nur- the nurse says Mr. Cooper left, and now he's in private care at home. And she said that she didn't know that he was his father. Yeah. So things aren't looking good here. He's We're very to... sad about it. He was like, yeah. he wouldn't do this to me. Yeah, he's not so pops, sad. not me, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lock. Oh, Locky. I'm so it... sad for him. Not feeling so lucky today, huh? Oh, God. <laughs> Jeez, I'm full of them tonight, huh? <laughs> so and then his mom shows up and tells him the real story about how it was all his father's idea. And Locke starts to get emotional, saying, he wouldn't do this to me. And he gets out of the bed. So, yeah, basically what happened was Locke's father needed the kidney so he gave his mom he gave the mom a bunch of money right to go find Locke. right and it seems like quite an elaborate plan to not really i don't know like the whole watching him from like the costco is like this is gonna get his attention i'm just gonna look at him from afar (laughs) i just think like just the way that it all went down it just seems very happenstance well, they wanted to make it look, that's that's what she was saying is like they had to make right. it look happenstance because she was like, she was like, it had to be your idea. Like yeah. you had to be the one to suggest right. giving your dad the kidney. So right. she had to make it seem like happenstance. I know. That she just, just shows saying. up. It's good planning for a lady with schizophrenia, you know? Well, she didn't plan it. The father <laughs> did, and following. he gave her. He gave She's her just a following lot of the master money. plan from. Yeah. From, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what that's what she said. All right. So then Locke arrives at Mr. Cooper's house, but the security guard this time he won't let him in, and he's still oh, fresh out of surgery because when he gets out of his VW Beetle, yeah. he's still got some blood on his back yeah. where they went in for the kidney. Oof. That's yucky. Yeah, and the guy, the security guard guy, is like. He obviously is like upset that he can't let Locke in. Like he's right. He was locked out. Am I right? Oh boy. Yep. Yeah. He's behind lock and key. Okay. Yeah. The gate was locked. You might. You already say. said that one. I said he's locked out. Well, Same thing. Okay. We cut to after that. Locke driving and freaking out and crying. He's uh, very upset that his dad would do such a terrible thing to him takes a kidney donation, and then ghosts him. What kind of dad is that? No dad. Terrible dad. Then we cut to Locke. It's at night, and he's on top of the hatch. 
and he's screaming at the hatch and he's saying, why did you do this to me? Why? And then a light lights up in the window of the hatch. Fling, fling. Fling, fling. (laughs) (laughs) And then we cut to the lost title. Yeah, I'm telling you, there are people living in that hatch. You think so? Yeah, hatch people. Hatch people? Like mole people. Okay. I got a bunch of trivia on this episode. Okay, let's hear it. This episode is the second uh, that's titled with a Latin title. Mmm, Tabula first Rasa. One, first one was Tabula Rasa. The second one is this one. And there might be one more, but we haven't gotten there yet, so I won't say it. So uh, <laughs> Locke's dad, this is a fun one for me. Locke's dad, Anthony Cooper, his license plate reads four trio 19 which is the same license plate on the hearse in Terminator 3 in which John, Connor, Kate, and the Terminator escaped Greenlawn Cemetery. Isn't that fun? Cool. Isn't that a good time? Yeah, that's cool. So they clearly just dug it up from like a prop house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It's cool that it's the same one though. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it's not a nod to anything. So Locke says in this episode... Normally, clothing would completely decompose within two years, but this is high-quality polyester. Could be two years, could be ten. Yeah, However, what, is everybody a freaking <laughs> yeah. detective How, now? <laughs> However, in the episode House of the Rising Sun, which we reviewed already, Jack says it takes 40 to 50 years for clothing to degrade like this yeah. when talking about Adam and Eve's clothes. <laughs> yeah. So, so who's right? Who's right about the clothing Probably neither of them. Yeah. Who knows? My guess is it's probably somewhere in the middle. I don't know if you noticed this. Well, probably not because you say that you don't watch these parts of the episode, but on the previously on Lost section. Oh, yeah. I don't watch those. The episode features a higher pitched voice who says previously on Lost. Oh. So normally like it's like previously, previously on Lost. Lost. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was that high, but it was oh. like normally it's like previously on Lost. And this mm. one is like previously on Lost. Wow. That's so like, exciting trivia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought you'd like that one. Previously um, on Lost. <laughs> Just get like It's like a four year old Abrams like niece or something. Yeah. Locke says that he's been in a wheelchair for four years. The footballs that he says that you know, when his mom asks where the yeah, footballs where, are. What? They're uh in aisle eight for regulation and aisle fifteen for nerf. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. See? You like that? Okay. So do you know what Deus Ex Machina actually means? From God Machine. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I think it's it up. God from the machine, isn't it? Sure. Okay. I definitely <laughs> looked it up, though. I, I, I pronounced it Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> <laughs> I think I used to say Deus Ex because there's a video game called Deus Ex, and I used to always call it Deus Ex, but mm-hmm. I think it's Deus Yeah, I think, no, I think you're right, definitely. The title of this episode refers to a theatrical device which originated in ancient Greek theater. This device consisted of a physical crane that lowered a character down onto the stage, the character representing a god. This god would help the characters with a sudden twist in plot. This term would come to mean any device within a plot that provided a sudden change or solution in plot. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so it it literally translates to God from the machine in Latin. But in script writing, the term deus ex machina is often 
referred to as a solution to the story or a means to an end that comes out of nowhere and has nothing to do with the story, just something leaving the audience to feel cheated. So what are we supposed to feel cheated about? Well, Locks in the con- dad or in- the... <laughs> I'm glad you asked. In the context of this episode, (laughs) it is likely that the expression is to be taken more literally, meaning that there are two gods, gods, in quotes, coming out of machines in this episode. First, the Virgin Mary statues that Boone finds in the Beechcraft airplane, and then the blinding beam of light that comes out of the hatch at the end. Okay. (laughs) You're not satisfied with that explanation? Well, because it makes it sound like it's supposed to be some kind of crazy plot twist. Well, also, it, it could also refer to, like, the characters, uh, like um, his mom just coming out of nowhere, you know, mm. just dropping into his life, yeah. maybe. Yeah, and the father doing that, too. Right. So there's okay. that. Also, just the plane itself just arriving, like, oh, how how convenient that Locke just has this this dream about right. the plane crashing, and then he knows where to go on the island for the well, next step. Well, and... Yeah, I think it's the plane because they go chasing after this plane, trying to find this plane, thinking that there's something important to it, but there isn't. And that's what the deus ex machina is supposed to be, right? Where like something is thrown into the mix that makes you think that it's a very important plot point, but it actually ends up not being an important plot point, right? That's what it's supposed to be. Maybe. All right. It makes sense now that we worked it out a little bit. Okay. So, like I mentioned, Swoozy Kurtz and Kevin Tige. Tige? Ty? Let's go with Ty. It's mm-hmm. Pel- <laughs> T-I-G-H-E, who plays Locke's father. Mm-hmm. Both of them are only eight years older than Terry O'Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they definitely looked close in age. All right, that's all I got for trivia. All right. What's your favorite moment of Buffy? Favorite moment of Buffy. I'm going to go with the janitor. <laughs> that guy that guy was just awesome. I just saw him. I was like, man, we got to have more janitor in our life. And it was all downhill from there, huh? Yeah. I was like, how, how is this episode going to top this janitor? He's the best. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I think mine was either Willow yelling at xander and cordy because i like it when willow stands up and is tough oh yeah or at the beginning when miss calendar is like let's see if i can make you squirm Mm, yikes hello hello i also liked when buffy was doing her step jazzercise thing and she says i'm aerobicizing i must have the beat (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's kind of funny that was funny yeah what's your favorite part of lost moment (laughs) um I think uh, Jack messing with Sawyer was just pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I liked I liked getting a little bit more lockback story, but it's so depressing. And yeah. the whole time I was just like, this is not good. This is not good. I got red flags everywhere. <laughs> but yeah. I really liked the whole Jack-Sawyer dynamic. I really liked the part where Saeed is putting together all the glasses. I liked that little montage. I thought that was cool. But yeah. my favorite part of the episode is when the light turns on in the hatch window. Yeah. I remember that, that moment the first time I saw that and I was like, "What?" Like I was so excited. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I'm cool. not because I know that we're you not going to You don't care get... about the You don't care about the hatch. I care about it, but I'm you like don't we're not going to get to that about the next the episode. Hatch. <laughs> <laughs> Which episode wins for you? 
I don't know. I think this is one of the cases where uh, both episodes are sort of at a tie. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. The Buffy episode is like not super like whatever. It's not like the best episode, but it is really cool to learn more about Giles' past and to get more of his character development. Also, Calendar turning into a demon was kind of cool. Yeah, that was kind of fun. All right, new predictions. Yeah. Well, I feel like it would have been a prediction of mine to say that Jenny was going to be turned into some sort of demon at some point. I should have predicted that a while ago. Because I feel like that's going to (laughs) happen to every character. Every character, even Oz, here's my prediction. Even Mm -hmm. Oz is going to become some sort of baddie or demon or a temporary vampire at some point. Okay. Okay. So most of the main characters, even Cordelia, is going to have a dark version of herself at some point wow okay do you mean she's not already dark enough (laughs) no she's gonna get worse (laughs) she's gonna get full-on super bad oh boy yeah every one of these characters is gonna become super bad in some episode because we got a hundred something episodes that we got to fill all these characters is going to again Mm, i don't know if she will again I mean, this this wasn't her fault. Well, I guess it wasn't anybody's fault before. Like, it wasn't no. Xander's fault he became a hyena. Jenny will be in more peril, but first we got to earn her uh, respect back. So mm-hmm. she's got to warm back up to Giles. That's going to take about four to five episodes. And I feel like I got to give you one more for the road. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to get Oz next episode because he's been out of the mix. Because God damn it, we need it. <laughs> <laughs> we need some Oz. Oh, wait. Next next episode is going to be the Tupata. Tupata. And you're very excited about this Tupata. We well, are I'm definitely get some Oz. Tupata. No, we're definitely getting some Oz. Okay. And Spike. If it's a Tupata, we're getting Big Bad plus Oz. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Those are my It's going to be a fun time for us then. Yeah. And here you are, real uh, upset that we're not <laughs> watching any loss next Poo-pooing. week. But yeah. if if you're predicting that we're going to get Spike and Oz, come on. We're, we're in for a banger. I think you should be excited. Yeah. Okay. Cool. What are your predictions for Lost? <laughs> your well, face when we go into predictions every week <laughs> is becoming more and more like, I don't got this. <laughs> I don't got this. I feel like you are understanding what's happening. Not, not that I want to say that your predictions, I don't want to give you any clues on your predictions, but you just, you can be so much more specific or maybe you're just taking risks. I don't know. But like you're so specific <laughs> a lot of times with your predictions. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not that confident about mine. Well, I don't. Let's not mix it up with confidence. I think it's <laughs> it's just uh, ridiculousness that which could happen in this show because the show is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like with Lost, there's some predictability that we're always going to get some kind of backstory. Yeah. Yeah, we've gotten backstory from every one of the main characters now, mm-hmm. yep. except for Shannon. But we saw her in, in like Boone's right. flashback. Also, this episode, because you told me that Boone doesn't have any more flashbacks, I was like, is he going to die? He's going to die in this plane, isn't he? I mean, I, I suppose he still could. Definitely still could. We haven't, you know, it's not like Jack fixed him up or anything. That was left hanging at the end of this episode, so... Who's to say? Uh, who do we want to get backstory from? I want to get more Kate backstory, but I don't think we're gonna. I don't think we're gonna circle back around to her yet. I don't know. I'm just gonna say Jack. 
So why the back fuck to not? Jack, huh? We get so much Jack backstory. Back to Jack, Flash Jacks. Flash Jack. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to say Jack. Um, okay. I also... So last episode, I predicted that Locke would open the hatch within the next two episodes. And yep. I mean, like, he saw the light. He saw the light. <laughs> but I don't, <laughs> I feel like this is going to be one of those things that we don't get back to it in this episode. Right. Like, it's going to be another episode or two before we come back to the hatch. They're going to go to some other characters. Yeah. They're going to, the they're going to go to maybe Saeed trying to find the Black Rock, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, or trying to canoodle Shannon more. Yeah. So I think that's going to happen next episode. Okay. We're going to follow the Black Rock story. We're going to get Jack backstory. Locke is not going to open the hatch next episode. Claire's not going to have her baby next episode. And I don't fucking know. I don't know what the show's trying to throw (laughs) at me. (laughs) Fizzling out on these predictions. (laughs) Those are good, though. That's enough. Thanks. Okay, what else have you been watching, listening to, reading? Well, Pat, um, I didn't really do much reading this past week. That's Um, okay, me neither. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I did a lot of watching. So I finished Fate, the Winx Saga Mm -hmm. on Netflix. It was only a few episodes. It's like a mini series kind of a thing. So I finished that pretty quickly. We're almost, we have one episode left of Schitt's Creek. Wow. Yeah. Um, I watched The Trial of the Chicago 7, which you... Which was on my list of things to watch, but then you and I talked about it. Um, Did you like it? I thought it was really good. Yeah, I thought it was good too. Yeah, yeah, I really liked it. Pride and Prejudice, I watched that. I was kind of like, meh, about it. Okay. Um, also watched The Page Master. I, I think like I went down a rabbit hole on like Amazon Prime or something of like... Um, does that have Macaulay Culkin? It does. Yeah. <laughs> I went, I think I was looking at Willow, the movie, because I want to get Dave to watch that. And then I just went down a rabbit hole of like nostalgic fantasy movies from, yeah. you know, my childhood. And Dave was like, The Page Master. And I was like, Oh, yeah, I remember that movie. So we ended up watching that. And I was kind of like not super into it. But I was like, You know what? This movie is really fun. Yeah. I think it's like a cult favorite of many people's. Yeah. I also watched Pirates of the caribbean caribbean how do you say it caribbean pirates of the caribbean isn't that weird but then if you if you're gonna go if you're gonna go travel there where are you traveling to you're going to the caribbean right right like what is that well what it is is it's the old-timey more fantastical version of the caribbean you say caribbean and you get a different it's a different language it's like a different something in your head you know you picture are you just making Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Because like that's how I've always said the ride, you know, at Disney and the movie. But like, if I'm going to travel there, which I never yeah. have, but if I was, it would be I'm going to the Caribbean. It's right. So weird. So yeah, that's what I've been watching. How about you? Well, I have also been watching Shit's <laughs> Creek, which will never end. Apparently, uh, I also watched uh, on one of my days off last week, which I should have mentioned last week, but I forgot. I watched Total Recall, which my brother got me on 4K disc, the original 1990, 1990? Oh, I never saw that. 1992, somewhere around there with Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's right. I'm just like, who's in that? I was trying to remember. Uh, We also finished off the American Pie series by watching American Reunion, Mm -hmm. and that one was a lot of fun. I came to the uh, conclusion that American Wedding is the weakest of the four. 
Okay. American Reunion is still pretty good. American Pie is the best, and American Pie 2 is okay. I also watched kind of a crappy movie, uh, which I can't uh, recommend, even though on the surface it seems like it's going to be a real gem. Mm. It's called Irresistible, and it's got Steve Carell in it and Rose Byrne and a whole smattering of other folks that you would recognize. Um, But it came out last year, 2020. It's written and directed by Jon Stewart of Daily Show fame. Oh. So you're like, wow, this is going to be a real winner. Uh, It's like a political comedy. Oh, okay. Yes. I saw this on your activity list and I was like, oh. Um, So yeah, I would say avoid that movie at all costs. There was like a couple parts that made you chuckle, but the rest of it, I was like, what's going on? Yeah. Resist it. Um, it is quite resistible quite resistible See, that's the thing about when you have a name like that it makes it too easy to you know yeah. to say bad things about it well they also do a cute thing like at the end with the title i don't want to give it away but it's like eh, whatever. i'm not gonna watch it, it was so. like trying to say too much mm-hmm. and like not be enough like if you're gonna try to say a lot in a political movie like you gotta do something a little bit more it just seemed very i don't know it's hard to categorize but it is what it is. And then we saw a movie the other night that I really liked called I Care A Lot, which is on Netflix. Yeah, that's the one Melissa was telling us to watch. And I liked it a lot. Then I will watch it. I, for some reason, thought it was like a a, a series. It's just, no. one, it's just a movie. It's a movie. Perfect. And it's got uh, Rosamund Pike in it. Yes. From Gone Girl. She's fantastic. And also, it's got Tyrion Lannister in it. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's good. It's a, like a crime movie. Yeah. It's fun. No, yeah. I, I, I definitely know what it's about. And I saw like the trailer on Netflix, but for some reason I thought it was like a TV show. That's yeah. why I didn't it's, start it. It's cool. It's slick, you know? Mm. It's got a good soundtrack, shot well. Okay. And like I kept up with the story. Like it really had me like grab the whole time. I was like, what's going to happen next? Like I was totally engrossed. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So check that one out. I will. Cool. Well, let's wrap this thing up, huh? Yeah. All right. So listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Always rate us five stars. Unless you already have, of course. But you could always try twice. Why not? You know? Yeah, why not? (laughs) Give it a little one-two punch. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Sign out. Use a different account. Yeah. However you got to cook the books to get this podcast (laughs) (laughs) out there. Just do what you got to do, you know? Leave us a nice review. Also, what else, Sammy? (laughs) (laughs) I I thought you were going to take it away. Uh, Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at KickStreamPod. And send us emails to KickStreamPod at gmail.com. And if you are going to include spoilers, just make sure that you put that in the headline and which show. Sorry, in the subject line. So that we, you know, can direct it appropriately. Um, and you can check out <laughs> something about it being a witch show. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> witch, W H I C H. Oh, I got. I had to, right, I had to right, think right. about that spelling. <laughs> yeah. Spelling <laughs> well, is it's hard. late. Okay. <laughs> um, and check out show notes for this and every episode at kickingstreaming.com. So if you're ever oh. wondering, like, what obscure weird reference we're making, like piece of cake, piece of quam cake. <laughs> what do you reference our Long Island guys? <laughs> oh, Casper. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got you. Uh, I put those notes in at kickingstreaming.com. 
Yeah, and follow us on Instagram because uh, we put up a lot of fun content, put up some videos, little little behind the scenes stuff sometimes. Yeah, yeah. you never know what you're gonna get. You never it's know. Good stuff. It's like a box of chocolates. It's a box of chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> All right, always remember. That streaming is better with friends. friends. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks everyone. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.